Hello, Podcast Universe. Hey. Welcome to the big show. Hello. Hello. Oh, look at this. Everybody's excited today. Josh, look at Josh coming in hot. Well, you know today. why. Up. Wow. No. It's Rutgers, Maryland week, baby. We oh. got a big one at High Point Solution Stadium Saturday afternoon at 3.30. I will be there. I will not be there. And I sure as hell will not be I'll there. I'll be, well, be there. I'll be with the number three team in the country. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. The college football playoff awaits. I have better things to do. Look at that. He yeah. just hijacked my Rutgers, Maryland uh, segment. Well, he's, you know, he's part of Notre Dame football. I'm, now. <laughs> I'm part of Rutgers football. What does that mean? What do you mean? Are you? Or which mean, one are you? Are Maryland you? or Rutgers? Exactly. <laughs> it depends. We'll see who's winning in the are fourth quarter. Are you delusional? I've been very. Yes. Are extremely. you going to the game later today? Are you? Dugout. What movie is that? Yeah. Billy, okay. Yeah, okay. Well, well, uh, episode 138. Welcome. It is halfway point of the NFL season. Yes. And I can't believe half the season is already over. I can believe it, but I can't believe it. Uh, last night was Halloween. Yep. Uh, you sent me a picture of your kids trick-or-treating. Yep. How did they do? They did good. There's been so much candy around the, the house, though, leading up to Halloween that Halloween, they trick-or-treated for like 45 minutes. And like, all right, it's cold. Let's go in. What is, they've reached that age. I yeah. remember that age. Yeah. We were like, screw this. We yeah. got candy at the house. Right. What candy did the Simpsons give away? Oh, good stuff. We And we didn't have one. I don't think, we weren't there for the trick-or-treating part of the night. Uh, but, yeah, my wife. What kind of candy? What big, are we talking about? Big things of Junior Mints, big Kit Kats, big Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, the whole package of Sour Patch Kids. How much money are you guys spending on candy? Uh, I mean, knowing my wife, yeah, a let me, lot. Let me hear a number. I don't even know as the much number. As a haircut? These are the things I don't know. Are we talking haircut money yeah, on candy? $400? Uh, easily. Definitely. Wow. The real one you need to ask is, this is what we should ask him. Ask Phil Sims how much money he spends. Because it's supposedly like notorious. Phil Sims is the greatest candy giver ever. Yes. Uh, that's what I we're used to go trick or treating right. at Bruce Springsteen's house. And my sister I'm sets this Phil. up. And my sister, you know, she's married and has a kid. Don't get me wrong, but she's still on the payroll for Phil Sims University, PSU. Yeah, yeah, she's still uh, getting full scholarship. So of course, let's ask how much of her his money she spent. Best part about living in a fifth floor walk up in New York City, I ain't giving candy to nobody. <laughs> nobody's coming up no. there. I used to go trick-or-treating at Bruce Springsteen's house in Rumson growing up, yeah. and they would turn the whole driveway into a haunted house, and then you walk up, and you get to the end, and there was like a treasure chest of candy, Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, that's, swimming that's the way those kind of guys should do but it. But isn't that, I mean, Phil's like notorious. Phil's is the way he does it. It's Yes, mom and dad, they got a house where it's a big, it's a huge piece of property, they got a huge driveway where that can literally handle like a U-turn of traffic, like you don't or, have to. Or a Lawrence Taylor U-turn at four in the morning. <laughs> right, that was the old house. But yeah, yes. okay. And uh, yeah, everybody goes there, and then Dad sits there like a uh, like. You oh, know, he sits out front. He's there a lot of the time and ends up signing autographs and pi- taking pictures with everybody. I like how you say he has to do it. Right, he has to enjoy it. He too. does it well. He's great that way. He always has been. Uh, but also, my sister is makes sure that he does it. You know, it's it's a double whammy. <laughs> Your sister's like PR. She is. Uh, Thirty eight Sims. TJ Carey and the Oakland Raiders is one I could think of right yep, now. Yep, Man, yep. great 38s. Holy cow. I haven't thought about this at all. Is there a great list of 38s all time? Uh, let me ask Fendrick before I get to the list. Yeah. Nah, there's no 38s. I got nothing. Okay. Uh, 38s right now. 
Uh, running backs, Andre Ellington, Brandon Bolden, Kenyon Barner, Trey right. Madden, who's mm. a fullback for the Seahawks. Defensive backs, Adrian Amos, Jeff oh, Heath, uh, Adrian Colbert, and Ron Parker. Oh, my man, Ron. See, I should have got Ron and Adrian Ron. Amos. I'm disappointed. Uh, All-time guys. All-time. Hold on. Give me some team. Just anybody that I'm going to know here. You think any of them? Okay, I'll show you a salute. Oh, okay. That's Terrell Davis. No, nope. He was 30. Yep. Uh, the other guy actually started the salute. Oh, the runner uh, from the military, but I can't think of his name. Mike Anderson. Mike Anderson. Uh, Mr. Cecil Mr. Martin, fullback for my Eagles back in the day. Kimball Anders, a oh. three-time Pro Bowler for he the He was a Chiefs. baller. Was yeah. he? Yeah, Kimball Anders was like one of the first true H-backs of football. Did everything. Tight end, fullback, all of it. Heisman Trophy winner. George Rogers, damn, and rookie of the year, right? Uh, our first kicker sighting: Sam Baker, four-time Pro Bowler, uh, Deshaun Goldson, yeah, Mark Kelso, mm. Buffalo defensive back, Tyrone Poole, Tremont Williams, Daniel Manning, and Roy Williams. Oh. Roy Williams wore thirty-eight <gasps> at Oklahoma, what? and he wore thirty-eight for one season with the Dallas Cowboys. Oh yeah. That's good your guy. old Roy. You love Roy. Hey, I just wanted to make sure he got drafted in the top ten. I did a good job of making sure that happened. I didn't. I couldn't do it. I still get blamed for that play. That's what I love. People oh, when think he jumps over. Yeah, the people. I was supposed to block people, throw the ball, and catch it on that play. You are damn right you were. Damn right. Uh, what you were gonna say? You had something. Uh, to he say was. Your Chipotle is waiting for you downstairs. Well, well you couldn't send her up to just no, give it. It's to waiting me downstairs. We'll get it after the show. You're not eating into the microphone. I don't want to eat. I just More want 38. To- uh, NBA 38, the only one that was recognizable was Kwame Brown for a season and a half with the Pistons. Damn. Major League Baseball, Kurt Schilling, oh. Brian Wilson, the beard. Right. And when I saw this name, I had flashbacks. Do you remember Eric Gagne, the closer for the Dodgers? Who yes. like had did you like bring 50? him up earlier today? I did. Oh, okay. Who was amazing and then just fell off earth. Fell off earth. Right. Eric Gagne, there's no athlete that I think symbolizes turning on Sports Center more than Eric Gagne. Because it was like for three months, I would turn on 11 o'clock Sports Center to see if the fat guy with the beard and the tiny glasses got a, got a save for the right. Dodgers. I always... And then he fell apart. Maybe I'm wrong with this. I always felt like he was definitely like a... Steroid guy? Yeah. yeah and then that's why he fell apart. Well, if you fell off that much. Right. Come on. Yes. Uh, all right, Kyle Shanahan quote. That is our number two. Woo! Kyle Shanahan, our favorite coach in the NFL. Uh, this is from Jeff Darlington. Yes. Apparently, apparently, when he was the coordinator for the Browns, he is. They asked Kyle Shanahan to rank the quarterbacks available in the 2014 draft. Yes. And the response he gave to them was number one. And they took Johnny Manziel. Right. Jimmy Garoppolo was number, number one. Number one, Derek Carr. Oh, that's right. He was. Number two, Jimmy Garoppolo. Right, right. Number three, everybody else. Yeah. Bortles, Manziel, Bridgewater. Yes. And now, wouldn't you know, yep. Jimmy Garoppolo, have you talked to Kyle? I have not. We've texted a little. When I texted you the news, I yeah. think you had already found out. Yeah, I did. What was your reaction when you found out that Jimmy G was headed to San Fran with Kyle S? I just thought that good for them. That was the first thing. That good for them. They got a guy. It's going to take the pressure off. Now they got a guy. At least he, you know, he's not going to play this week, but. A quarterback that can at least make a few plays to get them over the hump to win some of those close games. That's really all the problem was there. And it also just takes pressure off of Kyle and the organization. He's got a quarterback that fits the skill set. Right. And now they don't have to worry about if Kurt Cousins comes in the offseason and if we evaluate the quarterbacks right in the draft and do we pick the right one. It's all done. They, they're comfortable with this guy. You kind of know what he is. 
So Jimmy G, there's no worry with him. I mean, I, he's only he hasn't played that no, much. No, yeah, listen, yeah, we haven't CJ, seen a lot. CJ Beathard yes. has thrown more career passes than Jimmy Garoppolo. That's hilarious, but I can tell you this. <laughs> I've watched CJ Beathard on film and he ain't as good as right, Jimmy Garoppolo. We're going to break down all those yeah, trades, right. but I kind of first wanted to get into overall. Yeah. Why were the, do you believe there were so many trades this year? What what sticks out to you? I think the biggest thing is the the plain and simple is right here, is the season's more up for grabs than I can ever remember. That's what I've told people, right. is because of the parity, yeah. a move could throw you over yeah. the top. The, the three and four, four and three teams, everybody feels like they got a chance, and yeah. exactly right. Everybody's like, oh, we get this one player here, we kind of can be legit. Andrew Parker asked, do you think teams are starting to learn that sometimes established players are better than drafting and not just always for win now? I, I, I do, th- yes. I, I think teams are always aware of that. I think most coaches in general want the older guy that they've seen in the NFL, yeah. NFL talent. They've heard from the coaches what he's like behind the scenes a little bit. So yeah, you're getting a little bit more of what you expect in that from that manner. Yeah, the draft is a gamble, period. It's funny, I, I was thinking too with the Niners, would you rather have had Trubisky, who they were saying they wanted, right. or would you rather having the the guy they got at three, Solomon Thomas, yeah. Foster, and Garoppolo. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, it's 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 very interesting. All right, um, so here's how I want to break down all these trades. And yeah. We're going to do Garoppolo first. All right, F- here are the four questions I have for each trade. Okay, one, which team do you think called first? Okay. Who really wanted this trade? Cool. What's the relationship between these two teams? Why did these two teams make a trade? Yep. Will the impact player push the team towards the playoff Super Bowl? Right. And was the compensation worth it? Yeah. So let's go first, Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. Who do you think called first? Do you think the Niners called the Patriots or the Patriots called the Niners? I think, and I have no idea of this. This is not something I've talked about, Kyle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't talk about this with Kyle. I think, in my mind, what really happened, Mm. I'm very torn with this one because I do think New England's the type of team that will call around the NFL just because they're like, well, this is the end. We know we're not getting him to sign in the offseason. They will call all teams. But I think... In my heart of hearts, truly believe that San Francisco watched the film on Monday morning of C.J. Beathard against the Eagles, and they said, holy shit, we might not win a game this year. Mm. Let's call around to some people and see if maybe New England or whoever else. Do you think that was also else. an indication of how they feel about the draft? Uh, no, I don't. Okay. I think it's more about— Kyle's always loved them. Yes, I th- exactly right. And I think his skill set really fits Kyle's offense. I mean, he his, Talk about that, because I know San Francisco fans will be very excited. Yeah, his skill set fits more this offense than what New England really wants in the end of the day. I think that's where I look at it. Just It's a win-win situation. Garoppolo is a good athlete. Like a, He's more of a, you know, he's not as big and as long as a Tom Brady. He's a little bit more fitting of the play-action bootleg, let me throw it on the run, a similar mold to a Trubisky, who you just mentioned. There's similar type of style of play in my eyes and then yes of course he's going to know the drop back pass game and how to read all those things because New England's the master of that so from that standpoint I just look at it and go it's a win-win and when Kyle has guys that fit his skill set watch out because then he starts to play with you his famous run game the bootlegs the play actions that's what happened last year and it became indefensible is there a relationship between the Niners and Patriots to create this trade Uh, I I don't think so I would just think there's a healthy respect there I really 
do. I mean, I know Bill has like I, I mean, not not Bill. Kyle has the utmost respect for Bill Belichick. I mean, that's, how can you not? Yeah, how can you not? Well, Bill, not everybody respects Bill because everybody. A lot of people think Bill like he's not nice to me and doesn't shake my hand and say hello, so he's a dick. And yeah, you know, no, Bill doesn't give a shit. He just wants to beat you on Sunday, and then he'll say good game after, and that's the end of the conversation. This was the only real trade in which a team was not really in the playoff position. So I'm not going to ask the third question. Yeah. Compensation. Mm-hmm. Was it worth it? I have right here Tom McCulligan asked, I thought Jimmy G would fetch more than a second rounder. Well, I don't think so. The rumors this... we've been hearing for a long time, the Patriots wouldn't give him up for a first. You're right, but the, I think they're at the point now where they realize there's no, there's no end game. Like Everybody knows he's not going to be there next year, so they right. weren't going to leverage their farm on they going to guy. franchise tag. Right. There's no, so the, they had New England buy you know, the proverbial balls in that sen- Do standpoint. Do you think that, that that's a good value to get Jimmy Garoppolo? For a second round, you get your franchise quarterback? Yes. I think it was right on both sides. I really do. Felt even to you. Yeah, I felt it even to me. And and you know my thoughts with New England with that. So let's get into that. Yeah. Before we move on, mm-hmm. Sims has a theory. Total theory. Let me tell you what this, the Patriots draft picks are. Yeah, please do. Patriots have a first next year, right. two seconds, mm-hmm. their own, and San Francisco's, right. and a third round pick. That's right. it. Right. And they have other picks too, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh. That third round pick, though, could go to the Eagles depending on how many snaps Eric Rowe plays. Oh, that's right. So, but they're either going to lose a third or a fourth right. with the Eric, Eric Rowe deal, but they have a first and two seconds. Yes. You believe that the Patriots are rounding up chips, right. and they've been doing this year in and year out. They yep. always seemingly have two firsts or two seconds. Right. And you think eventually they're going to push all those chips to the middle of the table. Yeah. And they're going to take a really high-rated quarterback as the future. I do. That's your – and where where have you been thinking? I just – it's just me paying attention to football. I just – having worked in New England and thinking of that, the fact that they traded away a Jimmy Garoppolo, all those things just lead me to believe a little bit that, okay, they're not stupid. Bill's one to think ahead always. And, and – uh, I don't. I think they were pretty sold that they didn't think Garoppolo was the guy they wanted for the future. I really. I do. Any particular reason I, as to why? I do believe that. I don't think he's exactly what they want, like from a measurable standpoint. Um, I also think that, you know, I think they were. Yeah, I just don't think they know if he was the guy that was going to lead their franchise in the future. I think there was questions there, plain yeah. and simple. Okay, and the big thing is, I look at it and go, okay, so they trade him away. That's telling me what that Brady's definitely playing like two more years, right? And that's why they knew Jimmy had to go because Jimmy wants to go play somewhere. Yeah. So Brady's getting at least two more years. You have these draft picks at some point, whether Bill Belichick's or not there or not. This is going to be handed down to a Patricia or McDaniel's, and they're going to keep running this same System. train they're yeah. going. They're going to keep it going. At some point, I just think they have to draft draft a top end quarterback to continue it going. Now I've heard like guys like, well, they have too many holes on their roster. I had Tom Curran on my yeah. uh, PFT. I talked to him yesterday. They have too many holes in their roster. What the, 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 the Does that matter ever? They've had holes on their roster in 2011. They went to the Super Bowl. It doesn't matter. When this coaching staff and an elite quarterback, they find ways to win the fucking games. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So I do think like a guy like Josh Allen, who will completely fit their measurable standpoint. Quarterback from Wyoming. Qua- quarterback from Wyoming has like New England won't draft quarterbacks unless you have certain height, weight, hand size. And he has all of that. He has all of that. 
plain and simple. Why are you so confident in linking him to the Patriots? I, well, I just think Josh Allen's the most talented quarterback. For my money, from what I've seen, and like I said, I haven't studied. This is all what I would call TV scouting. Yeah. But when I watch on TV, there is nobody with the physical ability that Josh Allen has. Here's a storyline that you're right. going to hear incessantly around draft time. I didn't realize this until you said it Monday. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen mm-hmm. has the same coaching staff that Carson Wentz did at North Dakota. Right. North Dakota, they won all those championships, and then they got themselves an F, FBS right. whatever job right. at Wyoming, right. and now he's their quarterback, and apparently they're speaking very highly of him. Then the people I know in league circles, right, uh, they speak very highly. The first coaches of, all, of Josh Allen. The, who coached, yes, and Carson Wentz. And they compare Wentz. him to Carson Wentz well, at all? Yeah, I mean, first of all, like this is what's happening with Josh Allen. Josh Allen, again, the physical ability, the size, the speed, the arm, they're all the best. There, There's nobody else out there that, I mean, maybe Lamar Jackson's faster. Yeah, okay, I get that. But when I watch all of it, he is the most talented guy. Um, and yes, from what I've heard from league circles is – you know, Wyoming's not very good, so that's hurting Josh Allen's, you know, right. draft prospects because he's supposed to play defense and offense and block the run game. Yeah. Apparently it's a one man game now, no longer eleven on eleven. Uh so um yes, long story short, that those coaches believe that he is more physically gifted than a Carson Wentz. And that's saying a lot because you know how much I think of Carson Wentz, and I think we all see what Carson Wentz is. The, you I did mean, say though that yeah. the coaching staff believes that Carson has a better work ethic. Yes, not saying that Josh Allen has a bad work. Phenomenal ethic. work ethic. They just said like Carson Wentz's work ethic, Jim Ratness was all time high level, right? Yes. And it's you, if you hear anybody talk about him down in Philadelphia, they say the exact same thing. Yeah, he's there all day long. So that's the interesting thing right. with the Patriots is will they make the move to Josh Allen right. this year? Right. Uh, I just think it's so interesting. I just think one of these years they're going to cash it in and go, we got our Tom Brady for the future. You know what, Josh Allen? Sit behind Tom for a year or two because this offense, like I've always told yeah. you, it's a lot, especially the Tom Brady offense. Right. It's more than Bill O'Brien and what like that's going on down there. It is a lot of shit. It's the most complicated offense yeah. in football. I just think it makes sense. I'm just I, throwing it out there. I just have a trading with the Patriots question. Yeah, when so teams, scary. When teams are trading with Bill Belichick, are they nervous that they're about to get fleeced, that there's something they don't know that Belichick is trying to pull one over yeah, on them? Yeah, I do. I think a lot of the teams are always worried about trading to New England, too, especially guys that are maybe a little lower level on their roster, and they go, damn, New England wants them? Why do they want them? I would be more, afraid yeah, looks, I would be more concerned stupid. that the Patriots want one of my lower-level guys. Yes. Than, are we not seeing something on yeah, our own team? Because, because my thing is, is like, okay, so they did not win the Coney Ely deal. Right. Um, they haven't won all the deals. Yeah. Like Jamie Collins is still playing pretty well yeah, for no, Cleveland. He misses out on people all the time. Ocho Cinco, Albert Hainsworth. I mean, he's not uh, right. he, he's not unstoppable as far right. as evaluating players. But I would say it's a little bit scary, yeah. especially with like a quarterback, Jimmy but Garoppolo. Because, but he was very upset talking right. about it. We probably had in my mind the best QB situation in the league for the last two and a half years. It's not sustainable. Definitely wanted to get something. I felt like we wrote it out as long as we could. Yeah. It was He genuinely seemed to be like, I well, had to do it. Well, they're risking the Super Bowl, right? It's just the same thing I said last year. Like New England goes to the Super Bowl if Jimmy Garoppolo is a starter. Now, I'm not saying they would have came back from 28-3 to and had to Brian come back. Brian Hoyer ain't leading them the Super That's Bowl. That's what I mean. That's what scary. So to me, that was the great insurance policy. Yes. But Bill is the soulless wonder and he does not look at any of these people as human beings. No. And at the end of the day, they're all just, you know, inventory on a shelf and he's going to move you along. Dwayne Brown goes to the Seahawks for a third rounder 
a second rounder next year and a fifth round pick because Jeremy Lane failed his physical. So that was taken away and they, they had to throw in a third round pick. Right. Houston, though, sent a fifth round pick to the Seahawks. First one, who do you think called first? Think I think the Seahawks called the Texans? Yes. Okay. I think they had conversations at probably the on the field Sunday at some point. Yes. Okay. Right. Uh, is there a relation, the relationship between the two teams that they played Sunday? Yeah. Do you believe that Dwayne Brown can push the Seahawks further in the playoffs or to a Super Bowl? I do. Wow. Yeah, I do. I just I do think it makes their team better in general. I think with the style of play they're playing right now, Russell Wilson, the way he's playing, that yes, a little pass protection for him, and now maybe a little bit better of a run game. They obviously don't need to have a dominant run game to win football games right now, but they have a little something to go along with it. Like we saw, how many times did they run play-action pass on the other game on mm. Sunday with no running game at all, and people still bite on it? So imagine of what it's going to look like with a little bit, just a semblance to where the defense goes, well, we got to worry about you it a little. You think it improves the run game, too? I do. Dwayne Brown is an all-timer, man. He's, all-timer? He's, he is a – I don't want to say all-timer. He's a Hall of Fame left tackle. Stop. Dwayne Brown is like one of the humans on earth where you can just go – you over there. But he's been that good? Dwayne Brown. Yeah, Lefko. Just Look, put, I am just being no, a no, fan I that doesn't watch offensive I know, linemen. I know, no, I'm not even trying to be a jerk. I'm just trying to say put it into this perspective right here. He hasn't played in a year. He went to Seattle and said, fuck you. I haven't played in a year. I could still block you. So then my other thing is. is a, he is a Hall of Fame level type of left For the tackle. Texans to get back a third, a fifth, and then a second next year, do you like the amount they got back? Yeah. For a guy that definitely was saying trade a, me, a second, a what say it again? Third this year, yeah. a second next year, and a fifth. Yeah, that's they killed it. Because my thing though is, after that game, right. with all the Bob McNair shit, right. everyone said talk to Dwayne Brown. Right. He's our spokesperson. Right. And then they fucking trade him. Yeah. And apparently, I'm hearing a lot of talk out there that part of the reason he wanted to be traded because he did not want to play for Bob McNair and he has not liked Bob McNair for a long time. Right. Sounds like that. How much does this hurt the Texans? Not even just from a blocking for Deshaun Watson, yeah. but you have the spokesperson come back, help the team through a week in which their, their owner referred to them as inmates, yeah. and then you ship them off to the team that you just barely lost. Yeah, to. that's what I wonder What who called who there first, really. I mean, I'm sure Houston was really happy to get him out of the building. Bob McNair didn't want an intelligent African-American continuing to challenge him on his dumb thoughts, okay? So that was really scary to him, Yeah, uh, especially in Texas. But uh, listen, they were doing fine without him before that. Okay. So I don't look at it and go, and oh, Chester they're in trouble. Chester was hurt, but then he, he should be back. Right. So they should be okay there. Uh, I think they're too. They're yeah. They're taking away the alpha male leader of the locker room who people go to, and he's probably the type that spews out a few things. Thoughts, food for thought here. Our owner might be a racist. Did you see uh, clownies? And they don't. Yeah, he his prisoner uniform. Yeah, of course that's Halloween. a shot at McNair. Of course. Yeah. I mean, please keep saying no. It wasn't. So, so you, you don't re- get in so trouble. So you really but. believe that Dwayne Brown? could push the Seahawks really, really far. I never, I'm not, you know, you know my thoughts on the Seahawks, yes, but the Seahawks are setting up to maybe get home games in the playoffs, and it's going to be tough to beat them there, and yes, they need a guy like him. Jay Ajayi to the Philadelphia Eagles for a conditional fourth-round pick. 
Uh, very interesting. People don't realize the Eagles and uh, the Dolphins have made a lot of trades these mm-hmm. last few years. Byron Maxwell, Kiko Alonso. I did not realize that Tenenbaum and Howie yeah. were working together in Green Bay, and that's the connection they have. But who do you think called who first? Do you think the Dolphins wanted to deal a Jai or the Eagles wanted to pick him up more? I think the Eagles wanted to pick him up more. I think there's been problems between Gase and Ajayi to the start of the last year, remember? You're right. He kept right. calling him a pussy. Right. Uh-uh. So he kept calling him he kept calling Ajayi weak and he, he had tried issues to play with Arian Foster over him. Right. He had the issues with him starting back from last year. This was oh. the best trade of all. Okay, the hold on. Uh will the impact player push the team to the playoffs Super Bowl? For the Eagles, will Jay Ajayi push them further? I I do. Now, the, how high are you on Jay Ajayi? I mean, I think he's a phenomenal runner. I mean, I, I don't know. There's obviously some issue with him off the field There's that Jason like it. Right. One, right. He demands the ball more, and he's not getting the ball enough, and he gets very vocal. Right. And two, there's concerns long term about his knees. Yeah, certainly. It's it's not gonna. I don't think even the way he runs, I don't think it's gonna be a real long co- career for Jay Ajayi. But the one thing, even especially last week when I watched your Eagles film, that really jumped out to me. You just don't have the running back. Like I always talk about, the great running backs, we always we don't give them credit sometimes. We see a hole and they run through it and they go, well, that was a hole. And I want to go, no, he's fast enough to get through that hole. LeGarrette Blunt and Clement cannot get there sometimes. Like There was a few plays in that game where I was like, oh, they're gonna, this is going to be a 50-yard run. Gain a three. So you're actually telling me that the Eagles offensive line can open up holes for Ajayi. Definitely. Because the thing that everyone's talking about in Philadelphia is, oh, there's not any holes. What no, does it matter? That's bullshit. It's not. There's holes. Really? Yeah. It's just LeGarrette Blunt is Wiley Coyote and he's going to get his... He's just not that way, right? He's not explosive enough to get there all the what time. I've he's been... more of going to wear you down, that type of... What I've been saying is I want the Eagles to go 20 carries a game with Ajayi and then bring in LeGarrette Blunt in goal line situations and the fourth quarter like they did with the Patriots when the team is tired. I just up... don't... So, wait, wait, so your Eagles fans don't think the fourth rushing team in football opens up holes. See, that's where it's just... Because they believe that with Jason Peters out... It's a different fucking team. You have to look. This is the optics of a fan. I know they lose Jason Peters. Right. Holly Poli Vali Vitae allows right. two sacks on a guy they've never heard of, right. and they think the offense has gone to shit. <laughs> but you have to. This is the fan perspective. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. now they're going. But yeah, I watched Legarrette Blunt get stacked in the backfield. So you saying that there were actually holes there? Yes, there is. Okay. This this was. You're getting me hard. Man, you should be. Full chub mode. I'm full butterfinger. Yeah, this was like, this was like, I, th- I really, when they did this, I was like, wow. Because I know before the season we talked about, did they have the runner right. that could actually they have expose a the holes? Of all these other pieces. Right. That can actually give the O line the credence to go, there was seven yards to be gained there. Do you have the running back that can get seven to 10 yards for it to be gained? To give up a fourth round pick. I'm going to talk about Howie Roseman and out of left go field later because mm-hmm. I have some talks about him. Cool. But a fourth-round pick for a 24-year-old running back who still has two years left on his deal, he did the Ronald Darby trade all over again. Yeah. He got a young guy with a, with a, two years left on their rookie deal. Yes. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So if Jay Ajayi in two years, he can't run anymore? You got him for like this, a, a million and five for two years. Brilliant trade. Brilliant. Wow. Raised your team up to another level. Why did the Dolphins do this? I don't know. There's got to be some issue there, like I'm saying. Yeah. There's got to be a, something between him and Gase. Gase has been shitting on him for two years. So, yeah. Uh, the most confusing trade. Right. Calvin Benjamin to Buffalo yeah. for a third-round pick and a seventh-round pick. Mm-hmm. Your dad's going to be pissed. We're going to call him after All right, this. he'll live. He'll live. Okay. Uh, 
Kelvin Benjamin to Buffalo. It's the yeah. it's the trade I've gotten the most questions about. Who do you think called first? Again, here are the connections. Brandon Bean, the GM for Buffalo, was the assistant GM at Carolina last right. year. Their coach, Sean McDermott, was a Carolina guy. The stories that I'm reading is that the, the former GM, Gettleman, wanted to re-sign Benjamin. Now everyone else there doesn't. Who do you, th- you think Buffalo called Carolina? I do. Bean had to know that they didn't want him long term. I, I think calling Carolina, I think if you've watched, like Zay Jones hasn't quite been up to par to no. what they want, so they get nothing on the Jordan outside. Jordan Matthews is, is Jordan Matthews. Right, he's good, but I think, uh, yeah, I think Buffalo probably initiated the call. I think Buffalo probably looked at it like, we're 5-2. and two. And that's my question. Right. They're, they're a 5-2. and two. Right. Their defense has been steady. They're, mm-hmm. turning the, they're getting people to turn the ball over. They're yeah. not turning it over. Do you think Kelvin Benjamin, you said yeah. they're a team that maybe goes to the playoff and loses first round. Right. With him fitting their style, yeah. what does this do to the Bills? Yeah, it makes them scarier just from this right, right off the bat. The Bills are a run-first team. Their O-line is pretty talented. They want to run the ball. They want to run bootlegs with Tyrod Taylor off of it. And they're going to throw some one-on-one shots down 50, the field. 50s. Right, where Tyrod's going to either make a play or he's just going to see man-to-man coverage and he's a great downfield thrower. He's going to give the guy a chance to go get it. And now you're going to go, ooh, we got to put an extra guy in the box because the run game is legit. Because LaShawn McCoy is picking it up. And we also have to account for Tyrod Taylor with the bootlegs or a design quarterback run. We'll leave Benjamin one-on-one on the outside. And Benjamin's one of the few people in football. He's an enormous man. He's never covered. Because Ever. even when he's covered, he's just so big. He, he can out-jump everybody. Out. Right. Exactly right. I mean, he caught a touchdown pass in, again, last week against Tampa. Uh, that's exactly what he did. I don't know yeah. if you remember seeing it. But he just pushed him He literally out threw, him, threw him the ball. He had the guy behind him. And the guy was like, oh, I can't get around I don't, you. I don't think Tyrod Taylor has ever had a security blanket like this. No, Charles Clay's been the security blanket to a degree, and he's a tight end, and he's been banged up. So, yes, from that standpoint, good. And also, just to go to the Carolina side real quick. Why did they do this? Yeah, I don't I don't know. Obviously, they're sick of the big receiver thing. Kelvin Benjamin's coming up, right, to where they're going to have to has, figure it he out. He has his fifth-year option, which will be next year. Right, so they're going to send him out. They don't want to deal with that. Uh, I think this new GM probably is sick of the big receiver thing. They got Funchess, who's a year away from what Benjamin is. So they go, let's keep Funchess. And we drafted Curtis Samuel, who's been getting on the field more and more. And I think they're finally just going to have to say, you know what, we're going to have to – he's got to start performing better, which he's been better every week. I picked up Curtis Samuel in fantasy. Yeah, I mean him and Shepard, Russell Shepard, are going to be the two guys now. And they should get Olsen back here soon too, right? The Panthers were in the playoffs right now. yeah. And this seems like a move that makes them worse. I, I, it does make them a little worse. Agreed. I don't. Doesn't mean they can't win with them though. They're not a team that's dependent on this. They're not. The Panthers. Their biggest problem is is they just got to realize that they can probably go to the Super Bowl if they elect to win games thirteen to ten. That they they got to stop thinking like, oh, we need to throw for three hundred and Cam and look cool. Like, well, it's they, because of two years ago they put up all those points. I know they got to stop that. Like the object of the game is to win the game on a week to week basis. Yeah. They are the type of team that can literally just play ugly football and then say, "Cam, make two or three plays to get us over," and they can win and they can go the whole way. There. They got a third and seventh for him. Good yeah. compensation. Yeah, I think that's a good compensation. Okay, two right. other quick ones, yeah. and then we're going to call your dad. Yeah. Rashard Robinson to the Jets for a fifth round pick. Yeah, do I you mean, like that? I, I do. I think Rashard Robinson has. Very good talent. You know, he's kind of been a dumpster dumpster fire for the 49ers as of late, and I'm guessing they probably just got sick of him. I have never heard you use the phrase dumpster fire. Dumpster it's a good fire. One, though. Yeah, but you were struggling with it. I was uh, afraid. I, I, I wasn't struggling with that. I was thinking about. It. I was texting, going to text my dad to tell him where. Uh, but yes, he's had a ton of penalties. He is. Um, I think for a fifth round pick. 
to go and be with Jamal Adams, it's a nice little investment for yes. a Jets team, and he's young. When you get with a defensive coach, too, right, where they're going to be able to mold him a little bit. Yeah. And he, he does have skills, there's no doubt. But he messes up coverages. He's had pass interference issues. He's not the greatest tackler in the world. And I think they're trying to change maybe their culture in San Fran. The only other one was the failed trade between A.J. McCarron and the Bengals. I mean, So apparently the Browns fucking it up wasn't real. That storyline wasn't real, but the rumor that they were trying to get a second and third round pick for him apparently still is. Um, what do you think about, would that have been a good trade for the Browns if it went through? Yeah. You do like been. A.J. Well, McCarron. Yeah, at the very least, I think I think you have a guy that can come in probably right away. He's going to know the offense. He played for Hugh, so you're right. not going to have anything to worry about there. Right. He's... Yes, I think is he, he better he's than better all the guys than they, have? they got. Yes, he is. Would second and third been too much? Uh, that would have been a little high for me. Yes, it would. So have been. are the Bengals actually the team that's more upset the trade didn't go through? I think so. Yes, I do. I think that when I look at it, it just go. Uh, yeah, they were gonna they were gonna get theft there for that a second and third for a guy that was what he's gonna be gone there after this year too, right? He's going to be a free agent. He's going to be He'll a be free one of the top agent. guys so, in the market. Man, the second, and then obviously they didn't think he was the future. So that's yeah. it was a that was a huge. Cleveland. So I heard that whole rumor about the Browns not texting it wasn't real right. or something like that. But then I also read this other rumor that the Browns coaching staff was really pissed because the coaches were there working all night and they watched the front office go home at 5 p.m. on the, the eve of the trade deadline and weren't making phone calls to try and acquire talent. Just that whole. That whole organization. Yeah, it's a it's a dumpster fire. Is that going to be your new catchphrase? Dumpster fire. All right, let's call Big Phil Sims. Give it to Nick, us, Nick. Nick, make it possible. It's but crazy. you think so? You think that Jay Ajayi was the biggest one, and then Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo is huge on a bigger scale, but I'm talking about for this year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you're really filling the Eagles right Man, now. Man, I mean, yeah. You guys are the best team. I in the still NFC. wish they traded for a middle linebacker, but. You're not killed there. I'll take JJ. Yeah. Kendricks is healthy, right? Yes. Bradham's okay. Yeah, but who knows how long they're going to be healthy. Yeah, I know. What? That's a... Hey! Hey, Mom! Hi, darling. How are you? How are you? Good. You're on the podcast officially now because we're recording. Oh, are you? Yes. I'm sorry. Oh, why are you sorry? Your dad set you up and tell you to answer the phone? No, I don't think so. Daddy doesn't like me to do anything. Oh. <laughs> except cook, except cook dinner. Except cook dinner. Yes. Um Our, where is dad? Men be alone. All right, but where is dad? Oh, I, I thought he'd pick up the phone. Well, you answered it, so he couldn't pick it up. <laughs> okay, I better not answer the next time. All right, we'll hang up and we'll we'll, we'll right, call back. You. Bye mom. We love you. Bye. I love you. Bye. <laughs> All right, Nick, far away. Take two. <laughs> I mean, that was an all-time <laughs> podcast moment. Oh, that's awesome. Hi. Oh, is she still there? No. No, right? Is Nick calling? Nick, are you calling again? Oh, there he is. Okay. Oh, my God. So Dwayne, So the Seahawks and Eagles. Well, yeah. the, you know what? That's a D- the Dwayne Brown thing I thought of was, well, that was a big advantage the Eagles had. Was not having a tackle there, and they could have Brandon Graham. Right, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, that's the, That's why I don't. The scary thing about the Eagles' middle linebacker is Russell Wilson in a playoff game 
against whoever the hell's playing middle linebacker, if it's Joe Walker, yeah. that's like 200 yards rushing. Right. No, it, it does it does equalize your matchup specifically because that the Seattle, I would really worry about having to play your defense. Right. Like Schwartz is smart with what he does with the guys in the back end, and then your D-line could steamroll them. I mean, your D-line is getting to the category where it can almost steamroll anybody. Yeah, I was I was going to bring up the fact that when we talk about the top defenses in the NFL, we never mention the Eagles. Nick is learning how to use a phone. I don't. I mean, it didn't sound like he dialed enough numbers no, that last I, I, call. I, heard like I was like eight. Yeah, <laughs> like sorry. Uh, here I'll just. Oh, there we go. It's good. Now we have an excuse as to why we're late. Hey. She wouldn't pick up the phone if it rang two feet from her. A hundred out of a hundred. Today she picks the phone up. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, it was good. It was good I mean, for I the. I could call the house a hundred times, and all of my kids, wife, in-laws could be there, and nobody picks the phone up. But today I pick it up when it rings. I would pick it up if I was there. I think you know wife that. Picked it up. But all right, all right, Phil. That includes my son that's sitting next to you, Adam. Yes. Yeah, yeah, they're unbelievable. Oh yeah, I'm well, the phone. But today, when I'm waiting for the call, they actually pick it up and interrupt. <laughs> well, look, we knew she must have known that you had a very big night last night because there is no night bigger for Phil Sims than Halloween. I, I want to know. Hey, you know, that's right. Go ahead. I'm I just want to know what is your setup for Halloween, and how long have you been the king of Halloween candy in Franklin Lakes? Well, I don't know. Uh, a few years. I actually just tweeted out a few shots as we were getting ready for the onslaught, and I didn't want to text or tweet or do anything with kids and stuff because somebody might get upset that I showed their kid. You know, who knows? Right. But last night was a disappointment. Really? We had 500 and some bags and big bars, extras, and all this stuff. You know, we give them out a bag of candy with a mixture of everything. Then you get to pick between 20 different things, like, you know, a big box of Milk Duds or Sour Patch Kids, whatever you want, all this stuff. And we only had about 350. So we've got a lot of candy left. Um, You know, we'll we'll donate it somewhere. I can't believe that. For for us. How many many autographs did you sign? Not many. Uh, I was under the weather, so I Ooh. wasn't standing out there giving away things to the kids. And then but I did give a few, gave a few autographs early, and then I looked at my wife and said, "I gotta go." Do you yeah. have people that come up to you and you're like, "You know what, Phil? You've always had the best candy in this neighborhood." Oh yeah, yeah, but they do. Yeah, we overdo it. You know, <laughs> I read a read the I do it for many reasons. It's fun. Uh, you know, we kind of live off the track, so the, it's tough for some people to get here. But I read in the paper once about a quarterback who reporters came to the house to check out what he was giving out, and it didn't meet their standard. So they wrote articles in the paper about it. Just, you know, and I read it, and I went, well, okay, I'll make sure that's not going to be me. (laughs) And so we overdo it. And Christopher knows. He's been here many times during those Halloween nights or whatever you want to call them, and seeing that we give out quite a bit of candy. It is fun. The kids get a big kick, and most of the years, if I am here, I'll try to hang out there for a while and say hi to everybody. So Halloween is the last day of October, a.k.a. 
Brocktober. Brock Osweiler. And Brock Osweiler has given himself a gift. He will now be starting against the Eagles. Phil, I'll be honest. I was super excited as an Eagles fan, but I hear that you might even have some positive things to say about Brock, and that's kind of scaring me. Oh, well, um, a couple things. I think it's the right move without question for the Denver Broncos. Without a doubt. I think it was time to make the move. Right. Trevor Simeon had all the signs of a guy that needed to be taken out. In other words, he's taken a tremendous amount of hits. And uh, two weeks ago, I think it was the L.A. Chargers. My gosh, they were hitting him so hard. They, As I was watching the tape, they were taking him out of the screen. And he took some face-to-face, too. Melvin Ingram came flying through, untouched a few times, and hit him. And he just went flying through the air. Yeah. Uh, and so all the hits, he's not a big guy. He was starting to um, throw before he had to. In other words, he was trying to anticipate throws so much yeah. that you saw it the other night. He missed some throws that you cannot miss no. as an NFL quarterback. Why? Because he thought he was going to get hit. Right. And you could see it. He moved at times when there was nobody around him just because of the same thought process. And the fact that he's not a big guy, I remember this from last year. Towards the end of the year, he came in, and I said, Trevor, you look like you put some weight on. And he goes, yeah, I have. I have. And I said, well, how much? He goes, well, about 10 to 12 pounds. I said, well, good for you. He goes, yeah. He goes, Coach Kubiak looked at me and said, hey, if you want to play in this league, you better put some weight on, son. And and this because he'd been going through some little injury problems even yeah. last year, but you, you know once you get to that state as a quarterback where you can't trust your protection, you're worried about getting hit. He was kind of hit out. Um, like I said, he's not a big kid to begin with. Kind of you know by quarterback standards in the NFL, he is on the frail side compared to a lot of those guys. Yes, and you could see it in his play. And uh, it, it's he needs a break. And I'll say this about Brock Osweiler. Tell me. He is not afraid to stand in there. The year he subbed for Peyton Manning, he was a very good decision maker, and he got blown up every game. Yeah, he did. Because you remember that offensive line. Right. He And he stayed in there, took the hits, and never showed any effects of what I say cabin fever. In other words, you know, is there somebody there? No, there's nobody there. You know, you get a little – when you get a little – around you, you panic. He yeah. did not do that at all. Not oh. at all. I can remember like it's yesterday, and he didn't. He did not do that in Houston last year either. So he can take the punishment, and at least if they're open, he's going to give these guys a chance. Now, there's other issues too. Ugh. The offensive line, I don't want to get into it. Yeah. Uh, trouble protecting. You know, without Emmanuel Sanders in there, that's a big deal. So they got to do whatever it takes to find a way uh, to get this thing going. The opposite of Brock Osweiler is Deshaun Watson. And I know your son just referred to him as Aaron Rodgers. He call, he considers him Michael Jordan. Uh, what were you guys talking about? Chris? I just said, that, well, I, I told, I, I haven't even said this to Dad. I, I really haven't. But Dad, I have said during the week that, like, when I was watching the game on Sunday, I just said, holy cow, I'm watching, like, Aaron Rodgers here running around, making plays so quick to, like, accelerate, getting out of the pocket. And then when he ran that, like, you know, that little 360 touchdown pass, I was. That's when my jaw dropped to the floor. But um, I know you watched the film, and all he just said to me basically was, you know, Christopher, it's unbelievable. So uh, that's all I know. So I want to hear what you got to say. Go ahead. Is that how I talk? That is how you talk. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, let's see this. You know, first off, I think he's a lot stronger than people think. You know, to run as fast as he does, you can tell he's well put together, and he's really like almost a perfect body type that you'd like to see in a young quarterback because he will fill out as years go along. So breaking that tackle, he is strong. Um, you know, I thought he would really have trouble against Seattle's defense. Why? Because they keep their eyes on the quarterback. Right. So moving was going to be a little more difficult, I thought. Seattle's got a good front where they can rush the passer. And they read the quarterback's eyes. And he, if you give him one thing that he's not doing well, you know, he can lock on to some receivers. And he's been very fortunate not to have more interceptions. But it's worked out. But the Seattle defense, they couldn't move. Their feet were stuck in cement. Because, hey, I I said right from the start when he became the starter, now we're going to find out something about Bill O'Brien. Right. Well, we have found that out. He can he can teach it round and he can teach it flat. And what he has done, the creativity of fixing or finding an offense as we go along here that really fits the Sean Watson, and it's worked very well. All the movement, you know, uh, the tight end coming across and blocking. It's a zone read. It's an option. It's a quarterback draw. It's a quarterback sweep. Oh, you know what? I'll fake it this time, and we'll fake a screen over here, and I'll drop back about eight more yards and give that receiver, DeAndre Hopkins or Will Fuller, whoever it is, you know, 11 seconds to get open. (laughs) And they do. And their downfield throwing is awesome to watch, and you just, you know, there's no way Seattle has seen anything like that. Guys going all the way across the field and going to the other side, almost going out of bounds, and he throws it to them and they catch it. You, you remember the Will Fuller. Yeah. Uh, I think well, they have Fuller seen it, though, Phil. Line. Like, what about their quarterback, Russell Wilson? Well, you know, but I just the whole thing, though, about Deshaun Watson is just it, it amazes me. And, and, and I watched, again, the Seattle, they just were like nobody could attack. They were too enamored with everything else that was going on to do much about it. And Russell Wilson... You know, I did say this to Christopher. I didn't say, hey, Christopher, or however he imitates me. <laughs> I said, they got Dwayne Brown. I said, I don't know if that's a good thing or not. And he, he goes, well, why would you say that? Because he's at his best when they don't block him. <laughs> and, and look, you know, I love all these statements. People go, well, he's just got such a great, innate feel of pressure. No, he watches the rush. Right. That's why he can spin out of it. He sees the left tackles in trouble. He lets the guy get a little close. He spins out, whatever. Right. You know, guys that are great scramblers have to watch the rush to a, to a degree. Nobody has that unbelievable intuition to get it done. You know, he does not have ten eyes in his head, even though it looks like it sometimes. But his movement, some of their play designs are something I haven't seen in the NFL. And, Christopher, you do get a chance. He does a play-action pass. Right. And he's about 12 yards deep. And Seattle's playing a zone defense. And they send a two-man route out there. And he throws it to a wide-open guy. Now, I don't know how that happens, but it happens because of who he is, what they do, and the receivers for Seattle. Russell Wilson, too. Yeah. It seems like everything they design, there's some screens, there's some bootlegs to throw it, but they are going for home runs right. constantly. Right. And we saw it again last week down the middle of the field. I think it was maybe Paul Richardson that made the catch. I can't remember. Yeah, it was. But when the ball is in the air and it's 50-50, nobody wins more of those catches than the Seattle Seahawks. It's yeah. really it's it's crazy. It's amazing. I don't care who it is. 
and they're an underrated receiving core, too. I love yeah. that. They, oh, they don't have great skill. I heard somebody on TV say it. I don't know who it was. I'd call them out, but I can't remember. <laughs> but look at their group. Yeah, it's you good. Know, you look at Doug Baldwin, Paul Richardson. Tyler and, Lockett. Um, blanking. Tyler, uh, Tyler Lockett. Tyler Jimmy Lockett. Graham. Right. Well, of course, Jimmy Graham. But the three wide receivers are all good. They all can run, and they can go and get the ball when it's just them and somebody else in the open field. Right. All right, that was awesome. You the man. You know that. It? Yeah, that's it. That's all. It just right, well, it's just fill in time. Remember. The house and get on my wife. Go ahead. Do it. Do something all around right, there. Right, you guys. All right, Dad. All right, have a good day. Good talk to you, Adam. Hey, great talking to you, pal. See, See you, Dad. Okay. Be good. Dwayne Brown just got this alert from Bleacher Report. Yeah. No doubt in my mind, I want to end my career here. Hyped to be a Seahawk after just one day. Uh, good Think about him. being the leader of a team like Houston yeah. and not blocking for anybody for all those years. Right. And then you go into a locker room like Seattle's. Go into the locker rooms like Seattle where you know they're close. They're happy to have you. You're yes. just here to help us win games. And, and they're... The most, let's say, liberal team in the NFL. You're right. He went from like the worst he owner went, situation he ever went to the to, best. Yes, yes. All right. So let us do a. We're going to look at all of our picks in the beginning of the year. Do a halfway check right now. Look at your all midseason teams. I'm going to update on the vegan guys and the whoa big off season whoa. guys. And then it's time for Sims to go on a JFK minute Ooh, rant. Baby. So our awards before the year, MVP. I picked Tom Brady. You picked Russell Wilson. Hmm. Who has a better chance right now? Uh, I'm still going to go Brady, but it's close. Okay. Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah. You picked Von Miller. Right. He has seven sacks. Right. I picked Daniil Hunter. <laughs> he has three sacks. I'd say you're winning that one. Uh, Rookie of the Year. Who is Who is it, though, right now? I mean, who's the Defensive Player of the Year? I would go with Calais Campbell. Calais Campbell. I think Campbell. you're right. Yeah. I think Fletcher Cox is the best defensive player in football, just so yeah. you know that. Well, as right. we know, it usually goes to a pass rusher. Right, right. So that might be like a Bosa or a guy that gets a lot of interceptions. Bosa, Everson, Griffin. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Right. Rookie of the year. Right. You picked Christian McCaffrey. Right. I picked Kareem Hunt. Ooh, I think I'm great. beating you. Definitely. But I think Deshaun Watson is the current leader in the clubhouse. He's definitely coming up. Yeah, I still, right. I mean, he's, the, a, he's a leader, probably. Uh, watching Kareem Hunt closely against the Broncos, yeah. he was still great. Yes. But the Broncos' defense is fucking incredible. That's what's incredible, is what uh, they're doing. In the NFC, your six teams yeah. were Giants, Vikings, Saints, Seahawks, Cowboys, Cardinals. Oof. So I'm going to say that the Vikings, Saints, and Seahawks are looking good. Right. But the Cowboys and Cardinals, especially with Zeke's suspension, Cowboys are in trouble. Uh, mine were Giants, Vikings, Bucks, Seahawks, Packers, Cardinals. Right. So I'm in a worse situation because the Bucks ain't doing it. Yeah. AFC, I went Patriots, Steelers, Titans, Chiefs. Mm-hmm. All still looking pretty good to yeah, win their divisions. Definitely, definitely. And my wild cards were Broncos and Dolphins. Ooh, yeah. But the, still... the Dolphins are now dead. Broncos aren't They're out of it. Dead. Dolphins aren't dead either. Athens are dead. I think they're the worst four and three team there is. You went Patriots, Ravens, mm-hmm. Titans, Raiders, Oof. Broncos, and Steelers. Ooh. All right. So they got the wild card. T- I mean, I got Steelers, but no, Ravens are done. Yeah. Uh, and Even then, after they won 40 to nothing? I don't think so. I just don't think there's enough of a team. They're going to be a pain in the butt for teams all year, but I just would be shocked if they actually get in. And then who was the other one? Raiders. Oh, man, the Raiders. It's over for me in that one. Yeah. Um,. The, uh, the, I think the Dolphins are going to beat the Raiders on Sunday night. The Zeke suspension. Yeah, huge. 
Do you think he's now suspended? You've been saying now for a well, few weeks. Well, I mean, yes, from the way, just what happened yesterday. Yeah, yeah just I evaluating do. all that. Yeah, I oh, do. I thought they can try and file for an appeal. I don't think that. it's going to happen. Because um, it's all going back to the CBA agreement. Right. I just don't think it's going to happen. Uh, right now, um, yeah, it looks like that's the way. Yeah, I thought it was going to end up in Tom Bradyville, where it would get pushed off to the offseason. Uh, but obviously this judge here in New York thought differently. How different are the Cowboys without Zeke? Uh, I think there's going to be... Because a, a lot of people are saying, well, Alfred Morris can get in there. Yeah, I'm sorry. He's not Zeke. Okay. Uh, that's just plain and simple. Now, are they devastated? No. Um, do I really question how good they can be? Yes, to a little bit. I mean, this is, again, this team is built on the offensive line and the fourth pick of the draft, Ezekiel Elliott. So this is uh, really what they're shaped around. And then Dak Prescott to make a play to Des Bryant from time to time. Uh, the the Dallas defense is not great, as you've heard me say, and you know this as well. And their ability to control the game with running the ball and the clock and all that is what part of their team is. It's a big part of their team. So I am going to have to see it to believe it. Yes, I think they can hang around. They're going to be tough. Uh, they, you know, their defense can make some plays because of their D line at times to cause turnovers. But I still worry about their secondary when they can't get pressure. And offensively, again, where what gets lost with these great running backs, there's th- this is where it gets lost. Zeke had, what, 16 touchdowns last year, something like that. I'm just saying most of the NFL on some of those touchdowns, it would only be like 12 or 10. He's worth an extra five or six touchdowns. On 70-yard runs, he scores the touchdown. A lot of the other running backs in football get tackled at the 10 or 12, and they end up having to kick a field goal at some point. So there's value to that. Again, I know it looks like a big hole sometimes, but he's the type of guy that has the speed to get through that hole a lot faster than anybody. he's incredible in short line situations. He's unstoppable. I think it impacts the defense a ton. I think Zeke is able to keep the defense off the field more well rested and I think the defense is now going to have to really play well and I just don't see it. This is Sims's all mid-season team Whoa. through 8 weeks. Whoa. Uh you get one quarterback and you picked Carson Wentz. I did. Halfway through the year. I did. Yes, for what Carson Wentz is doing for the second year in his professional career. Yeah. Coming out of North Dakota State, I don't know if a one double A quarterback could be successful in football. Um, yeah, he's been amazing, and he's the reason you guys are the best team in football right Let now. Let me read your offense. Yeah. Quarterback, Carson Wentz, yep. you picked one running back, and it was Leonard Fournette. I did. You picked three wide receivers. Yep. You picked Antonio Brown, right. Tyreek Hill, yes. and DeAndre Hopkins. Yes. Tight end, Travis Kelsey. And your offensive line, your two tackles, you went Taylor Lewan of the Titans and yes. Trent Williams. Right. Guards, you went Zach Martin of the Cowboys and Brandon Brooks of the Eagles yep. and center Alex Mack. Yes. Who would you like to talk about there? Well, I think Tyree Killer receiver is one that I just think, like, I know people, his stats, you know, may not be Antonio Brown. First of all, just simple like this. Tyree Kills, now that Odell's not playing, is the most explosive guy in the sport, right? And... And forget about his stats. I mean, we know he can catch a 60-yarder and run by anybody in football. He's the reason everybody else has success on that offense. Mm. He is the ultimate pawn 
They when do, he shifts, everybody moves. That is, I just know it's so fun to watch the defense when Tyree Kill goes right. across the motion. They're all yelling. Oh, at each I other. did. I've done some things too, where you know, like on NBC a little bit, where I've gotten to show like it was a, actually a play against your Eagles. He went across the formation, the linebackers in the line switched, and he came they, back the other way, yes. and they had to switch again, and so, then they dump it off to Travis Kelsey. Right. So yeah. the pressure he puts on your defense because you have to know where he is at all time. The safeties have to worry about. It. He opens up so much for them. That's why he deserves to be on We've the team. We've never. Talked about Brandon Brooks. Right. Brandon Brooks is a top-tier guard in football. He's been like that for a few years. That's why your team spent so much money to get him from the Houston Texans. He uh, is a huge man. He's a mammoth right guard. I mean, a true, like, just fucking bulldozer. That's what he is. And he's amazing in pass pro to go along with that. Wow. So, yes, for my money and the way uh, you guys have run blocked this year, I know Philadelphia thinks there's no running holes, but there's holes up the middle a lot. Brooks is one of the best guards in the game. Brooks never loses battles. You know Mm. I love that. There's nobody other than maybe the guy on your own team, Fletcher Cox, that can overpower him. Let's get to the defense. Your defensive line, your defensive ends... Calais Campbell with 10 sacks. Yep. Joey Bosa with, what has he got, like eight He's and a half, eight nine? Eight and a half. Him and Melvin Ingram. I mean, that could have gone either way there. And you went with Bosa. I just went with both Bosa because I think he's better against the run. Defensive tackles, Fletcher Cox right. and Akeem Hicks of the Bears, who really has been fantastic. Yes. Your linebackers, mm-hmm. Ryan Shazier, we've talked about him a lot. Telvin Smith of the Jaguars. Ryan Shazier Jr. And Eric Kendricks. Yes. Even though I... Th- and Eric Hendricks of the Minnesota Vikings. Right. Corners, you went Jalen Ramsey yeah. and Xavier Rhodes. Right. Safeties, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Devin McCourty mm-hmm. of the Patriots yep. and Micah Hyde of I the did. Bills, yeah. who every time we watch a game together, Micah Hyde's there just catching an interception. He's always Johnny on the spot. He is. He's just going to play football. He's a lot like Devin McCourty, first of all. He's very versatile. You could yeah. play him at nickel. If you had to play him at corner, you could do that too. But he understands the game. He's not like the most physically gifted guy on this team. But what he does is he's good at everything. He has no weaknesses. He's perfect for the zone defense in Buffalo. And the reason he's around the ball all the time is because he has, not only is he a good player, but he has great feel for what the offense is trying to do. The Jaguars led your midseason team with four players. Yeah. We have not talked about Telvin Smith on this pro, on this show before. Yeah, Telvin Smith is like a lot I mean he's just like Ryan Shazier. I Remember mean, when they drafted him and everyone's like a 220 pound linebacker and he I, went to like the fourth round. But how good has he been playing? Amazing. He's just he's one of the fastest players in all of football and he's a linebacker. His ability to go sideline to sideline is unmatched. His pass coverage is amazing. He basically, when you play on that defense, which is the Seattle scheme, I mean, he's almost like, he's also got to be almost safety-ish in his ability to cover tight end crossers or receivers running 15, 20-yard crossers. He's amazing at doing that. Uh, And then, again... He gets he can be overpowered if he has to square up a huge guard. Certainly nobody's perfect in this sport. Yeah. But he man, does he clean up a lot of trash where oh gosh, here it goes. They're gonna whoa, Le'Veon Bell's gonna run for thirty yards. Ah, gain a two because Telvin Smith flew out of the screen somewhere yes. and grabbed his legs. Uh Jacksonville had the most guys on your team with four. That's Phil- it. I didn't even think about that. I added them yeah. up. This is what I do. Yeah. Philadelphia was second with three players, right. Carson Wentz, Brandon Brooks, and Fletcher Cox. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there were two teams tied with two, Minnesota, who had Eric Kendricks and Xavier Rhodes, Kansas City, Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. Uh, and then New England, I just wanted to count, they had one. Yeah, definitely. yeah, I know. It, it's it's uh, 
you know, them won. There was another team where I just thought, man, they don't even have a, a representative to them. I'm blanking on it right now. But regardless, is it, are you surprised that I picked Leonard Fournette? Like, I had a few people in the office go, like, oh, Leonard Fournette. Who else would you have picked? Kareem Hunt? Yeah, Kareem Hunt. Or Le'Veon Bell? Yeah, Those are the three. I don't think Le'Veon is in their class quite yet as a full year well, just think, because he got off I to a Leonard slow start. I think Leonard Fournette has done it every single week. Yeah, I mean, he's been injured. And I just, again, it's almost me. You know me. I just, I want to make sure everybody's seeing this guy because I think he's, like, the freakiest guy in football. That combined with the fact of... He's got no help. Exactly, and I, I try. Tyree Kill. I mean, right. uh, Tyree Kill makes world, the world a lot easier for Kareem yeah, Hunt. Kelsey and Le'Veon Bell has a really good offensive line. People forget mm. when we watched that Tampa Bay Jacksonville preseason game, right. where Gerald McCoy and them were destroying the line. Mm-hmm. We went. Leonard Fournette's gonna, not going to be able to run. Right, right. I mean, they lost Luke Jokel, and people were like, "And that was Luke Jokel. Cam Robinson's going to play. <laughs> this is not a great O line. He's been awesome." All right, so there was five guys before the year that we highlighted as, whoa, they're going vegan. I want to see how they've done this year. First one up, because of the documentary What the Health, Theo Riddick. Has he looked different to you this year? I would say he's a hair faster wow. and quicker. Wow. I, didn't realize, I didn't realize speed. he was one of the guys. But yeah. yes, and then you, you know I've always questioned that about him. It's He's got great movement, but he has never the speed to make anything happen. Well, Two, now he doesn't have steak weighing him down, yeah, no, so there you go. Beans, <laughs> not beef. Two Broncos receivers, Benny Fowler and Demarius Thomas. Ooh. How has their veganhood been helping? You know, they both have been good. I didn't realize wow. Benny Fowler was in it. Wow, yeah, he dropped 14 pounds. Demarius vegan. Thomas looks good. I don't. I can't say that I look. he looks any different to me. It's hard to fucking evaluate Broncos receivers with Trevor Simeon playing it, like that shit. That is very true. But Benny Fowler, I will say, he's popped to me more on film this yeah. year than in years past. Trent Williams went vegan. Washington Redskins, and I believe, yep, he's on your all-Sims team. Unbelievable. Now, now, he could be out for the year with his injury right now, and I'm not going to say that injuries are because of veganhood, but has he looked any better this year, be going vegan? (laughs) No, because he just looks (laughs) awesome always. I mean, And then there uh, was the king of the vegan. Yes. The 80-20 vegan. The king of the vegan. The Adrian Peterson drove by church's chicken. The three-piece looked good, so I stopped and had it, so I'm more 80-20 vegan. (laughs) The also admitted he ate Dairy Queen. So I'm not going to be really certain if Adrian Peterson is vegan. Right. But did Adrian Peterson, did did veganhood help him in that one game? I can't say if it did. He looked good. Let's just say yes. Has he looked better? I mean, I, I can't say he's looked better. I'm amazed with how he looks at his age, I could say that. I mean, yeah. yes, I'm amazed. I, I, that's a that's an underrated storyline. The Cardinals looked amazing against the Bucks. Right, go out to London, get shellacked, and we just threw that storyline away. Well, then Carson Palmer went out. Yes. I mean, Drew Stanton, that, that team was dead on arrival when they got back to America. I mean, the, the 49ers, this is their week. Oh, fuck. This is their week. Uh, Kyle came out uh, today and just said it's not guaranteed that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to play this season. You're smiling. Wow. I texted you right after the trade, and you said, he's playing this Sunday. He's not playing this Sunday. Yeah. What do you think they're going to do? Man, this season. I have a hard time believing that. I do. I I just think that it's, there's nothing there for them to build on C.J. Beathard. Now, I think what he's probably worried about is like if Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't look good. But I or don't think that's going to be a problem. Yeah, I don't I don't think that'll be a problem. And Joe Flacco will play after clearing concussion protocol. Oh, that's big. Man. Um, I'm, who do they got this weekend? That's amazing. Uh, but that just tells you he's a Jersey guy. He's a little tougher than the rest. Hey. All right, now we're going to look at, whoa, 
Big offseason. Titans. 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 Oh, That's yeah, a good they, pass team to they play. Need, they need them. Uh, whoa, big offseason. There was a lot of storylines this offseason that we thought were going to be bullshit, and then we wanted to see if they actually led to good seasons. Number one, Nelson Aguilar. Remember, Nelson Aguilar was the king of the whoa, big offseasons, right. and it's actually panned out. It is. Uh, he's, I mean, just looks like a different guy. Like, he's not thinking anymore. I, you know, I never really was in love with Nelson Aguilar, but I never thought he was as horrible as yes. maybe people were trying to say. He, he, per, he like, publicly came out and said he had the yips. So, right. I mean, it's... It was it, all mental. It's it, it's not always easy, especially in this... Let me just throw this out there real quick. When you're in high school and college and nothing you do is wrong, it doesn't matter, right? He's a star. Because you're such California, a, you're, such you're the kid. man, right? You went to USC, you're the best receiver, everything's great. You get to the NFL, the first time you drop the pass, they go, what the fuck is wrong with you? And Catch the fucking ball. Fucking, we'll put somebody else in there. Not everybody can handle that right away. Yeah, and you were drafted by Chip Kelly, and then he's gone. Right, so and there's now, a lot of And now you're on the outside. Well, he's been able to play the and slot. And you get off to a good start and catch a bomb against the Redskins. That takes a lot of pressure off. I would not be able to handle that, just for the record. <laughs> that happened to me, I would crumble. If somebody was like, fuck you, I would nerd. be like, goodbye, I'm out. Thank you guys very much. And uh, I'm going to become the GM. Yep, and thank you very much. Jonathan Stewart said about McCaffrey, nobody in this league will be able to cover him one-on-one. Right? Have people been able to cover Christian McCaffrey one-on-one? Yes. So, so that's no... Big offseason. No, I mean he's been good. They they do need to do more in that offense in general. Um but he's really good football player. I don't think he's a superstar. I think he would really be a superstar if he had a system because mm. then he has the quicks, the smarts, the route running, all that. But this is not the team that has the inventory of plays yet, at least, to u- really utilize him fully. Chuck Pagano said of Marlon Mack, he right. jumps off the tape. He's popping out there. This is during training camp. Not yeah. afraid to stick his face in there, and he's a weapon out of the backfield on third down. Yeah. He has been popping. True that. That's so that is. has been a whoa. Yes. Big offseason. Big offseason. It's real. Uh, yeah, big whoa, big offseason. It's funny. I mean, I, I would think it would probably translate translates more than not because first of all coaches aren't the ones that call out anybody positively well, let's show you the opposite yeah, side go ahead roberto aguayo battling with <laughs> nick folk <laughs> dirk cutter said friday he was lights out after he went seven for seven best day of training camp best day in a long time he was money right well you picked him for the second round and <laughs> i'm trying to blow my gm because he picked him in the second round kenny galladay remember yeah. calvin johnson said he's next he's right. been banged up Ocho but, Cinco said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right, what I meant. Right. Calvin Johnson. Oh, yeah. Chad Johnson. Calvin's a Ocho little better. Right, yep. Kevin, uh, Kenny Galladay, though. I don't know. That that one, the jury's still out. Well, I, I think Kenny Galladay's really good. I'm not going to say like he's going to be the superstar. I do think he's a really good wide receiver. He's been banged up, so yeah. we haven't really got him back into the flow of things yet. Demarius Thomas on Paxton Lynch. The last couple of weeks we've been saying, whoa, where did that come from? Whoa. And uh, we haven't seen shit from Paxton. No, of course he got hurt. But, uh, again, guys like that, the young quarterback, those are the ones that can thrive in OTAs, early training gotcha. camp. Because things are still simple. And Running you, you backs, know what you're getting. though. We should, you should be able to tell. It's brute athleticism. Yes. Last one. Uh, remember, Von Miller had the ultimate whoa big offseason mm-hmm. with his super secret trainer. Has Von Miller been better than years past, or has it been the same Von? No, he's not been better. I would say it's slightly less. Wow. I have a little, yeah, my little two cents with Von Miller would be that He's do- he's dancing on the line of being a hair too thin and small. Wow. I do think his legs and ass, which you know I'm an avid watcher of male legs and ass on a football field, I do think they're slightly skinnier. 
I do. That, all we talked about was how her thighs were huge. Well, it, they're slightly skinnier than what they were. They're not the same, and I do think it's affected him a little bit with like the power rush ability. I think I would like to see him maybe go one steak a week and put on five more pounds. Wow. Yeah. A uh, few little notes. I want to know which one interests you the most. Tom Ali back with the Chiefs off pup. Yeah. Taylor Decker. Lions tackle. Yeah. Back on the team off PUP. Right. That one's bigger to you? I don't know. Go ahead. What was the other one? You got another one? I was going to say that Obi Mel and Fonwu is back. Ooh, that's cool. I mean, that's cool. <laughs> they, they, could use them the that, they could use them in that secondary, especially Carl Joseph, I don't think played last week, right? So he's been banged up. Yeah. Uh, Ooh, uh, Decker. Lefko, you were just looking for a reason to say Obi Mellon. Yeah, I love that. But guy. Decker is big. Uh, I, I really think Tom Ali, though, is probably the biggest. This gotcha. is a Kansas City defense that's struggling. They're not getting after the quarterback the way you would expect them to. They need that extra guy. It's going to give them a little more versatility, especially on third down to get some pressure on quarterback. Before we get to Adelefco Field Sims, are you ready for your JFK minutes? Sure. All right. Let me get the timer up. I have no idea what I'm going to say. This is totally off the top of my head. Perfect. Let it ride, baby. I'm yeah. going to explain this to people. Please do. Chris Sims is a reader of one book. Right. What is the title of this book? JFK and the Unspeakable, Why He Died and Why he, Why It Matters. And that is the one book that Chris Sims has read in his entire life. Right. Ever. Twice. Tw- right. And he's read it twice. Right. He is a firm believer I in the conspiracies am- in JFK's death. So last week, when Donald Trump said he was going to open that up, right. you must have gotten a flood of texts. I did. I was super excited. All my friends and family know this is a subject that I'm excited about. We, yeah, we have to get the clock right going. Away, but and you went, oh shit, I went, now. Right. But now, the other thing I want to say to this, just before we start it, I said to all my family yes, and friends, you did. and I don't know if I said this to you guys or you not. Did. You okay. said there's no fucking way I go, it gets You out. watch. I guarantee it gets stopped right before it comes out. And now I'm going to tell you why. If you think Chris Sims is passionate about the environment, wait till you hear him about JFK. Chris, three, two, one. I'm still more passionate about the environment than JFK, <laughs> but I just want to. This is my third most well known subject. First of all, if you believe that Lee Harvey Oswald killed JFK uh, by himself and was a lone gun assassin, that means you believe in the magic bullet theory, which means you believe in a bullet that went through a man's body, took a right hand turn, then decided to go left, go through another man's body, come back up, and take another few turns. Okay, so seconds. that should be the end of your conversation right there. That's how you know that's not real. That's that's a bunch of bullshit. I've read these books. I've read this uh, shows, whatever it may be. The book that I've told you all about is a documented book about a guy who has sued the government. I know I'm Get low to the on good time. Shit. Get to the good but shit. regardless is, the CIA, the FBI, they killed JFK. That's why you're not going to see this come out. I do think Donald Trump wanted this to come out so he could discredit the CIA and the FBI. But regardless, he made so Four. many enemies. It's going past it. Sharda, shut up. JFK One. did not want Vietnam. He wanted to end the CIA and FBI and really take back their powers because he thought they were infringing on people's uh, private lives and had way too much power. He wanted to end monopolies with Big Steel and other companies. Of course, he screwed over the mafia. So we're never going to get the truth about this. I don't think you're ever going to get it. First of all, there was definitely a man on the grassy knoll. Okay? Let's just get through that. And, and there's witnesses to say that, that to say they heard a shot over there. And have you seen the... the, the I believe you that JFK was assassinated. Right. My question I've now been is to the current events. Right. It's never going to come out. It's never going to come out because our government killed 
JFK, and it's plain and simple. What, what do you think would happen if it came out that the government actually did it? Well, this is the this is the other two sets. Do you saw where it was cut off? Right, it's cut off right where it says, "Did Lee Harvey Oswald work for the CIA?" Cut off. Okay, this is why in this book I will read it will tell you that Lee Harvey Oswald was a very high ranking official in the CIA. If he was such a patsy and became a communist and went to Russia, do you know how quickly we let him back in the country when he wanted to come back? We usually didn't let communist spies come back in the country. 24 hours. Nobody in Russia could get into the country in 24 days at that point in Follow time. Follow-up question. Yes. Why are you so enthralled by this? I don't know. That's what it's, I want to know. It's just amazing to me. I mean, he's a president. He was shot and killed. Nobody can figure out how it happened. I mean, at the same time, we could build a spaceship to go to the moon, but- Do you think what? that happened? What? Yes, I do. So but you think we went to space? First of all, this is all documented, though. Secret service on the street the day he was supposed to be there. Way undermanned. So either the government was- There's no way. The government was so ill-prepared yeah. that we were like worse than a third world country. If or, the documents actually came out, right. how happy would you have been? Oh, I would just be ecstatic. I couldn't wait. I'd be sitting there reading them like it was a book. Only person is, I can even share this book with is Kerry Collins, the ex-quarterback. He's the only guy that's taken me up on Kerry this book. You and Collins yeah, Because I tried to get my dad to read it. My dad was like, oh, Christopher, this is this is too hard of a read. I can't do this. Because so it will Kerry say Collins, like U.S. document 3.411. But you and Kerry Collins would sit around and talk about JFK assassination? I, he was like the one I texted right away. And he, <laughs> You know, his response was like, total bullshit, man. He's like, he's like, we got to get Kerry Collins if on the this podcast. came out, he goes, if the truth came out, nobody would look at the CIA and the FBI the same. So the off-season special, off-season special, podcast. Kerry Collins, we're going to come in and tell him the only thing we're talking about is JFK. Yeah, we're, we, we're, we're all over this, but. Uh, my only yeah. other question for you would be. All right, just last thing. Time, 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 JFK's time. head went this way, right? I know. I believe you. I know. I, you don't have to sell me. But there's so many other things to this. So many levels. My question so many is layers. this. February 4th, right. Super Bowl. Right. Game starts at 6.30. I've been to the JFK place where he gets shot, okay, too, okay, twice. Okay, okay, okay. At 6... You would never let anybody go there. Oh. I could have shot him if you gave me gun lessons for a week. I would have shot him for sure. At That's six, how close it is. At 6.20, right. the documents get released. Ooh. Do you watch the Super Bowl... Or do you go and read the JFK documents? I'm watching the Super Bowl. I'm going to wait for yeah. somebody in the news media to condense it for me a little. So you're, but you're not going to be like checking your phone and be like, I'm going to be checking maybe this. some updates and be like, oh, what? Oh, page 24. They said that Oswald was with a buddy on the other. Like, yes, I'm going to be looking as the game's going you're on. You're going to be so distracted. But uh, yes, I'm going to wait till after the game before I fully invest in Are it. Are you going to pass this along to your kids? Uh, they kind of know already. They've heard me talk. About so, it. Let's Phil, ask Philip about this next time he's hey, on the pod. Hey, if I end up dead, I'm just, right now, the CIA, the FBI did it. Because they know I'm onto their shit. So you know this. <laughs> this. I'm just letting you know. All right. Uh, let me get to some out of left go fields. Yeah. I don't have my hat, so I'm going to put my hood up. First thing, out of left I mean, go this, field. That was special. First thing. <laughs> that was amazing. I really enjoyed that. Uh, I went to the Amish market yesterday mm. to get a sandwich. Right. And the Amish market, everyone, ooh, their sandwiches are going to be really good. Why in our world is everything getting technologically advanced, but we still would prefer to buy our furniture from people with beards that don't have electronics? We have p places that can make furniture with lasers. But it's and hand we put in crafted. Handcrafted. Everything in the world has to be more technologically advanced, but I want the guy that wears a beard, doesn't shower, and lives in the middle of Pennsylvania to make my... I don't get it. Yeah, it's it's interesting thought. I get that. Out of left go field number two... Jerry Jones. Today is a good sandwich? It was a pretty good sandwich. I will say the okay. cheese on top, and it was like melting, and they put it next to a fire. It was, it was Amish. It was pretty good. 
Jerry Jones is going to become Al Davis soon. All the Cowboys fans out there that talk about, oh, well, Steve Steve Jones checks and balances. As soon as the Zeke suspension came out, Jerry Jones went, Alfred Morris will be the team's number one back. I am telling you in five to ten years when Jerry really begins to lose it. If you think the kids are going to tell him no, Jerry Jones will have an Al Davis moment where he's putting a projector up with slides showing why Lane Kiffin was fired for cause. (laughs) Jerry Jones is going to lose his shit, and none of those kids are going to tell him no. I think he's losing his shit now. I man. do as well. He's not as cool as Al Davis. So no, just, he's he'll not. never be as cool as But if as Al. you think right. that they're going to tell him no when he starts really losing You're it. You're right. Oh, I think right now they're in that perfect mix where they can go, but Jerry, don't take Johnny Manziel. Right. In five to ten years, they're taking Johnny. They're taking Johnny. <laughs> and now my Eagles out of left field. Oh, I've been waiting for this. Howie Roseman. Hmm. Before I get to him, mm-hmm. let me tell you the story of a man. A man that built an empire, but as it was going up, he was seen as too hard to work with and too selfish. That a man, and as he was beginning, he invented something that was seemingly advanced for his time, but flopped sales-wise. That thing was the Lisa, and I'm talking about Steve Jobs. And Steve Jobs was fired because it didn't work. He was then pushed out by Apple. The next regime came in and had some success, but then floundered. They then reached out to a man, the same man, Steve Jobs, who, when he returned, turned, t- tore down what was created and rebuilt the iPod, the MacBook, and the iPhone. Right. Howie Roseman had something that was advanced, but it flopped sales-wise. Marcus Smith wasn't ready for it. And because of that, was pushed out of Philadelphia, had his office moved down the hall, and all the while was steaming and stewing and getting ready to retain this. The next regime had some success, Chip Kelly, 10-win season. Yeah. But then when Howie came back, he tore it all down. DeMarco Murray, Byron Maxwell, Kiko Alonso, and he rebuilt the iPod, the MacBook, the iPhone, a.k.a. Carson Wentz. Yeah. Howie Roseman, I think the best thing that ever happened to him mm-hmm. was losing his job. Mm. And now he is the Steve Jobs of the Philadelphia Eagles. He is. You, you like get, it? Yeah, I do like it. You gotta, all the moves he's making are fantastic. Getting fired and, and sitting back for a year, reevaluating yourself, reevaluating where the league guy is at. anymore. Right. I mean, yes, there's something to be said about that. All right. And here's my last one. Mm-hmm. This is my big out of Lefko field. Whoa, big Lefko. I truly believe that the new CBA, when it happens in 2021, is going to destroy the NFL as we know it. That the years of players saving and preparing mentally for a lockout, the owner-player divide is only going to grow over these next few years. If you believe that the owner's comments are bad now, wait until they start actually losing money and start threatening players. With ratings and cultural dominance lessening of the NFL, everyone is going to be scrapping for all of the pieces. I don't know if the TV money is going to be as big in three years when these contracts start going off. I believe that the NFL has a three and a half year window before it all implodes. Mm. What we are watching right now in three and a half years, I believe is the end. It will be the end of an era in the NFL because of all of this. And as I say this, there is no team 
positioned more perfectly to maximize that three and a half year window than the team with Patriots, than the team with the rookie quarterback (laughs) under the rookie wage scale than the Philadelphia Eagles. And I want you to know what's going to happen in 2021. For decades, the Eagles were told that they didn't have a Super Bowl. And when they win in 2020, and then the entire league goes on a strike. Not only will they be the Super Bowl champion, but they will be the longest tenured Super Bowl champion because <laughs> they will be the Super Bowl champion throughout the extended time of the strike. We will be like a two-year Super Bowl. You'll be run. De- if that happens. You'll, you guys are deserved of like a two-year Super Bowl party. Just two of years of, of just talking with. shit to right. everybody. Mayhem in the streets of Philadelphia. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Cheese steaks everywhere. But I genuinely believe that we are going to go through a monumental change in the sport of the NFL in 2021. And this next three-and-a-half-year span, yeah. I would I would begin, if I was an owner, pushing all of my chips to the middle and try and win the next three-and-a-half years because after that, I don't know what the NFL is going to be anymore. Yeah. What do you think? I, I mean, I, I think the NFL is in trouble in a lot of ways, and they're all over the place right now, and it is definitely a weird time for this league with everything that's going on. So... You know, I don't the race, the off the field. I know, I know. I don't know. uh, The NFL's in trouble. I mean, twenty twenty one. I'm not sure about that. But two years ago, Mark Cuban said pigs get fat and hogs get slaughtered. And boy, was he fucking right. Papa John's is is coming out now and saying, "Where's my motherfucking money?" It's oversaturation. It's too Uh, much. Let's go to your MVP board. Uh, Week eight. Sims, I need your week eight top three, and then I will give you your first half standings of MVP. Okay. Number three for the MVP after week eight. Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson makes his first appearance in the MVP voting after an incredible, incredible performance. Welcome aboard. Yeah. Close one there between him and Russell Wilson, but I'm going to go Watson. So that means Russell Wilson didn't make it. No, nope, I'm staying with my top two. Number two. Old Tom Brady. Tom TB12. TB12. And that means your number one MVP is... We're still in Pennsylvania, baby. Carson wow. Wentz. Yes. I mean, that was not his best game of the year, but, I mean, you guys... Kind of when that's what happens when you're seven and one and you play an zero and eight football team. You kind of go through the motions to a degree, and that's what you did. And that means currently, yeah. in your MVP rankings, coming in with one point, Deshaun Watson, Leonard Fournette, Tyree Kill, with two points, Matthew Stafford and Calais Campbell, with three points, Derek Carr, with four points, tied, Alex Smith and Kareem Hunt. Mm. Now just bumped out of number three. Aaron Rodgers is your third in your MVP voting with seven. He might still seven. be able to win it with one arm. <laughs> your number two in the MVP voting is Carson Wentz with eight points. Right. And your number one with 15 points is Brady. Tom Brady. Oh, yeah. So your actual leader halfway through is Tom Brady if yeah. we're accumulating points. Right. Number two, Carson Wentz. Number three, Rodgers. Interesting. 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 I would go, yeah, Wentz is the MVP for me right now, though. He Currently is it's yes, the MVP. Yes, yes. All right, let's do celebration rankings. The current leader with the individual rankings is Golden Tate with the people's elbow. It's an easy one this Last week. Last week he I've beat... I've been paying attention on TV. I already wow. know the, the one press. I want. He beat Jarvis Landry. Shot last week, and the team is Packers bobsled. Number one. 
Juju Smith-Schuster lost his bike during the week, and then after he scored his 97-yard touchdown, he took a chain, and he chained up the bike and said, no one is stealing my bike. Uh. Le'Veon Bell scores a Eh. touchdown, runs into the end zone, comes up, and guess what? Juju's involved as well. Juju gets down on all fours. Le'Veon Bell lays on top of him, even gets a spot, and begins bench-pressing the ball. Uh, I love it. Uh, I love a team. Uh, and they uh, included Antonio this Exactly. Included I Antonio. love a team effort. The old lineman being there, everybody knew about it. Carlos Dunlap intercepts the ball. Yeah. And as he goes to the intercept, we get a true dog pile where no one lets him up and they mob him for about 20 to 30 seconds. He kept trying to get up. And, and Vontez perfect. perfect and Drake Kirkpatrick, they wouldn't let him up at all. Uh. It was great. And then we have two more from the London game. Adam Thielen scores a touchdown and then does a soccer slide into the end zone and does a true soccer celebration. Penguin slide And Deshaun Kaiser scores and then does the the windmill where he's just waving the entire length and everyone's doing, which is apparently a soccer celebration as well. It is, yep. So, of the of the one, what was the best one of the week? Le'Veon Bell. And Levy the bench and press. Amazing. Amazing. Question is, right. does that beat the Packers bobsled? Woo! Yes, it does. Wow. Yes, it does. And we have Good a job. new celebration leader. Yeah, it's the best one of the team. year. Le'Veon Bell. Wow. Bench press. Uh, were any of them in the solos better than Golden Tate's people elbow? No. So Golden Tate. The two Tate's- solos that are best all year are the People's Elbow and Kareem Hunt sleeping on the ball. Gotcha. And Le'Veon Bell bench press has taken over the team. I like that one. That was a good one. Props. It was very a well executed. was a prop. You had players involved. It was a good one. I, I appreciate the amount of time these people are, are thinking It's great camaraderie it. in the locker room, that kind of shit. You know what? The Eagles do it all the time. That's they great. Re-pit- I didn't put it in the top five. I didn't think it was deserving. Because they pitched one to Alshon right. or to Zach Ertz, and Alshon purposely hit him, and he chased oh, after right. the mound. And Trout was there right next to them. And Trout's always yeah. in there. Yeah. Fucking Trout. All right, let's go to the iTunes comments. Man, pack show. A lot of action. We even got midway to talk, point. Wasn't expecting to talk to Chris Sims' mom today, but that was awesome. <laughs> uh, first one, question for Fendrick. This is from Jesse uh, Leakin22. Love yep. your podcast. It's my favorite. I'm switching to Android. I was hoping you guys could post your podcast on Spotify. We are working on it. We'll let you know when it's there, but we're working on it. Uh, Jesse, I've been asking for this for eight weeks. We're working on it. Okay. Palon, Palon, Rico, best podcast for NFL info. I listen to many podcasts. Uh, Sims and Lefko have it all. Whether they're right or wrong, they own it, and they set the bar for best NFL podcast. We are the bar. HDTS, HBDKKS, SJ. Why does Sims and Lefko remind me of Alex and Sammy from Blue Mountain State? I don't know what that is. I don't is. think any of us have I watched that. I don't watch that. that either. It's a show. It's a parody show, but apparently we remind them of that. Hmm. Uh, this is from Chupacabra SX, a fans podcast. Great show. Great for casuals and hardcore fans. Sims love casual and hardcore. I uh, that show. Detroit, Detroit Lions 6. I love Sims and Lefko. Awesome podcast. I love the Thursday episodes especially. And people need to get off your backs about the environment and politics. Yeah. You should add an amendment about how Sims will never call the Chargers L.A. and will always say San Diego. San Diego Superchargers. It really is every single week. He'll be like, and San Diego. Every week. 
I mean, the NFL, even my websites that I use, they can't even get the season stats right for years past because there's no Sandy. It's all messed up. Uh, and then this last comment is from your best friend. Oh, so Who cute. is it? D's Nuts. Nuts. No, it's funny all is, up in your mouth. But what's funny all is up it, in it, your mouth. it is actually D's Nuts, but I just wanted to get you. Good. That was great. That yeah. was awesome. I haven't yes. done that in a while. I uh, All-American <sighs> Jinx. Seriously. Keep picking against against the Raiders, Lefko. We need to rattle off some wins to get into the playoffs. <laughs> well, guess what? I picked against them, and they didn't, because I might believe that the mush's luck is turning. Let's stay with the Raiders, though. This one is from The Real Rail. As a regular football fan, I don't know how much the X's and O's play calling throughout an NFL game, but as I sit and watch the Raiders play, mm-hmm. I find myself confused and astounded by the lack of creativity given the offensive firepower yeah. Sims. My question is, does Oakland need new coaches to put them over the hump, or can Norton and Downing make proper adjustments within their scheme to get back to last year's winning ways? If you make me pick one of the two, I need they need new coaches. Sorry. I mean, wow. the defense, I've seen enough from the defense to so know that's not going to get fixed. I mean, th- th- there's nothing different from the defense last year to this year. It's still like 25th, 26th in football. The problem is the offense is somewhere in the 20s this year. And last year it was the sixth ranked fo- offense in all of football. The offense is, this team is built for their O line, their weapons to carry them. And that is not the case right now. Brandon Nicholson, what's it going to take for Breeze to be the MVP? 0-2 to, to a five-game winning streak. Wilson beat the Niners, Giants, and Colts yet. He's in the MVP chatter? Come on, man. Yeah, well, I, I get it. And he's he probably is fringe MVP-ish to a degree. Um, the, the big thing is, and I, I'm with you with the whole Wilson thing as far as the Seahawks. I'm not bought in on the Seahawks. The difference is when you watch the Seattle Seahawks on film as compared to Russell Wilson, it's a lot of just Russell Wilson making plays with his He's greater physical ability. Where Breeze is, you know, like I always say, I don't want to take anything away from him, but the offense is so great. They run the ball. They have a great O-line to pass protect. Yeah. Completions are served up on a silver platter for him a lot. Master 001, love the podcast. Definitely hook. You guys are great. Wasn't a big podcast listener, but then I found out you had a podcast, and I'm Thanks. in. That's Thanks. awesome. It is awesome. Um, personally love hearing from my fellow Eagles fan, Lefko, although Sims has been a better fan. Question for you guys. Yes. How would you compare Doug Peterson's era in Philly compared to Reed's era so far? Ooh. I would say that Peterson's has actually started off faster. Reed's first year was three and thirteen, and then uh, he brought in uh, McNabb. The difference is is that Mc, uh, Peterson uh, Reed played Peterson in the beginning, and then Peterson has been playing the rookie since the very beginning. Yeah, Wentz has made the transition to a top level quarterback faster. The other thing that I will say is both of them had very underrated defenses. Yes, definitely. I mean, and that, I would say Eagles eventually the were... Eagles defenses were great, and I see the Eagles defense right now trending. That way. Yeah, you're you're very close, and I mean another off season, you get one two players. Yeah, this this defense could be scary. Yeah, but I don't know. Thus far, um, I got to give it to Andy, but that's just because he sustained it for a lot of years. And I want to see what Doug Peterson yeah, does to the start. Though I didn't think but this Andy, is so Andy, much Andy did not have a chance. This, I mean, Andy didn't have a chance to win the Super Bowl his, his second year. Peterson's got a chance to win it this year. Uh, another one related to the Eagles. This is from Three Eagles fan. Now you guys were one of the biggest fans of the Eagles, picking Derek Barnett, especially me. Yeah. But when I watch the games, he flashes all the time. He had two sacks Monday night. Uh, that was the one against Washington. Yeah, right. And then he had a, a, a punt block mm-hmm. against uh, San Francisco. 
Do you guys still think that wasn't right for Philly? P.S. Thank you for talking about the politics things that are going in this world. We need more people like Sims and Lefkoff that are talking about issues and how dumb Trump is. Keep it real, homies. Thanks, homie. Um, but what do you think? Derek Barnett, has he exceeded your expectations? He, he definitely has. He's definitely better than what I would have expected. The other thing, too, is you know, regardless of how good or not I think he is, it's a position that was very important to this football team, regardless and Jim Schwartz and what he wants to run on the defensive side of the ball, those wide nines. I mean, I was in Tennessee with Schwartzy. I know what it is. It's all about. And it adds the strength of your football team is your D-line and the depth of your D-line. Yeah. Your second team D-line is better than some teams' NFL starting D-line. And that's really what saves your secondary in the back end. And you guys are never going to be out of any game versus any team yeah. in football because you can win the battle up front on both My sides. My thing is always I really wanted Jonathan Allen and I really wanted Malik Hooker. I yeah. just thought the value was there. And I wanted to do some crazy stuff with the safeties, which yeah. they're doing now. Right. But I'm kind of looking at it and Barnett. Has- at the time, it's not that we thought Barnett was hard. We just didn't think he was worth, what, the 16th pick. I did say he was horrible. Yeah. I said he sucked. I should take that back. Matt Caden, Caden, 45, all this (laughs) podcast. Uh, I started listening this summer. It's my new favorite. Uh, The only one I subscribe to. My question is, do you think the Dolphins are planning for the future and not this season with the Ajayi trade? I do think to a degree. I do think they've probably realized, like, okay, we're good enough at the running back position you to get away. You think Drake can be the guy? I, I, I would like to see that. You've I really always would. liked him. I did. Um, but he hasn't really done much in the career. He hasn't really got a chance to really be that guy. Uh, I do think it's kind of twofold. I think they probably looked at it like, hey, we can get something for this guy right now. Let's get him out of here. He's not our favorite person. Also, yeah, I think realistically they probably look at it and go, we're not winning the Super Bowl this year. So I, I think there's a little bit of both, though. Uh, Antilles R, best football analyst and podcast. This podcast has replaced everything I listen to from ESPN and NFL Network. I just wish it would be daily. Yeah. Sims's analysis of players, coaches, plays, and schemes is unmatched, and the way he conveys his fucking point is priceless. Thank you. L-E-F-K-O-E, man, manages the podcast superbly and keeps Sims as close to the point as he possibly can. <laughs> his beliefs in his ability as the mush is hilarious and believable to me as a fellow superstitious sports fan. I might be the min- minority in my opinion, but I love the way you touch on current events and politics. A lot of that this week, apparently. One, with Rodgers out as a Packers fan, how can I watch the game to see how the team is doing well? And two, can you report on the following two players and who they compare to in the league? Aaron Jones and Mike Daniels. So first, how can a Packers fan watch the game to see if the team is actually doing well? Yeah, I I think the thing is, is really to watch this week, you watch their offense, see what they're doing on that side of the ball. I mean, last week it was a little concerning. How many times did I see them when, you know, before their bye week with Brent Hundley just line up and tight end to the right, fullback behind him, running back behind him, two receivers on the outside, and if you see the replays or the pass plays, it's the two receivers on the outside running a 10-yard out, and it's the tight end running down the middle of the field. Very simple concepts. To me, I want to see, first of all, when you watch them, see how many different like run schemes they have. You know, and, and that's simple. How does a fan look for that? Yeah, just look. You could tell, just look at the O-line. You know, and just get a feel for what they're doing. Oh, they're all kind of running to the right, and we're running the right, running to the right. That's like a zone play. They're, the linemen are blocking zone scheme. They're blocking whoever's in their area. Now you see a guard start to pull around, and he's trying to kill a defense end who's coming down the line of scrimmage and trying to open up a hole that way. There's another design of run scheme. So look at the O line and the run play to go. Okay, there's I've seen some different looks or variations. Yeah, and then. The formation thing again as well. I think for me, if you're looking at the offense, 
one, look at how they set up pre-snap. Yeah. And kind of in your mind go, how many receivers, how many running backs, how mm-hmm. many tight ends, and have I seen this before? Right. It, it's Look, you're going to get like six seconds, and it's tough to, to do yeah. it, but if you can. But you number, take a little mental picture and then number and keep two, going. Number two, does anyone go in motion? Mm-hmm. Do, they, do they move anyone around pre-snap? Do right. they try and change it? And then number three, like you were saying, is how do they use the offensive linemen? Right. Is it different? Right. That's the way to see if they're actually coaching. Yeah. Aaron Jones, who does he remind you of? Oh, that's a good one. I, I like Aaron Jones. I'm trying to think of somebody that's really off the – Mm. You know, he's like a DeAndre Washington type for the Raiders, one of those kind of guys where I don't think he's the future running back of your football team. I think really realistically you want him to be your second guy, Mm. uh, and you have a stud in front of him. But, yeah, that borderline, who else am I missing along those lines? I know I'm blanking off the top of my head. There's so many of them. Uh, But, yeah, he's a smaller type of running back like a DeAndre Washington, Jalen Richard. I'm missing somebody else that's obvious, too, where it's good speed. It's not the type of speed that's going to regularly go for 80, 90 yards. He's occasional. But he's got good good quickness. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I'm going to go with that guy okay. there. Um, Mike Daniels, I feel like, is is his own comparison. But, yeah. but who else is comparable to Mike I mean, Mike he's like a smaller Akeem Hicks, I would say, who I, of course, I put on my all-team all team for the halfway point. Is he... Is he he's, comparable to a Geno Atkins? At yeah, all? he's like he's a little more power based and a slightly less athletic than a Geno. Gotcha. Uh, he is. He's a rare package of a guy that's pretty good at holding his ground with double teams, but he's not a true like plugger of the run game. Uh, but he has got phenomenal athleticism yeah. with that combination to be kind of hold up the double teams to also just win through a gap and win through explosion that way. Yeah, I mean. Um, yeah, damn it! I wish you would have told me that beforehand. I could. Those are the ones. Comments. Sorry, Maddie D seventy three. Love the podcast. You informed me on the other three, the other thirty one teams in the league. What are your thoughts on Kyle Fuller this year? Doesn't have any interceptions, but he's being physical and making tackles. If you're Ryan Pace, do you lock him up now or let him test free agency? Well, uh, no, I'm not locking him up now. Um, I do think he's probably the, their defense is very well coached. They don't put their corners in a lot of tough positions. They have been doing their job. They don't get burned deep a lot at all. I mean, the the Bears have realized like we can play conservative in the back end because our front seven can fuck people up yeah. at, for for a living. Uh, he has been good. I don't think he's quite lived up to the billing of where he's drafted. A lot like his brother in um, Washington as well. Nick Longafee hit me up on Instagram. Hit me up at Adam Lufko. He's from Canada. Wanted to thank us for the podcast and also say. There's a number of sources suggesting that John Fox is trying to sabotage the passing offense to prove that his conservative approach is best or that he is trying to slow Trubisky's growth so he can win games and save his job. Both of them seem asinine to me, and they can't be anywhere close to real possibilities. What do you think? Hang in there, Fendrick. Yeah, I don't— uh, That's what he wrote. Hang in there, Fendrick. I'll try. I don't think he's trying to sabotage anything. I think— does he like to play this style of football? Yes, he does. He, but I don't think he's trying to prove a point. I think right now they have no, they have no other choice. Plain and simple. Um, like we've said many a weeks, their best receiver is Tariq Cohen, who's their second running back. Um, yeah. So from that standpoint, that add to the lack of talent on the outside, and then a rookie quarterback with that, and they think I think they've realized again. 
This is something that does not happen enough in the NFL. To me, there's only a few teams that really do it, and New England, of course, is one. They just approach the game every week and go, how are we going to win this game? What is going to be our tweak to our game plan? Like I was telling and the you, the Bears do it. The Bears do it, right? That's that's all that matters at the end of the day. Yeah, I that's think why I was saying like the Carolina Panthers before. They have to realize what they are. You know, you're just not that cool. You're not 2015 Cam and like awesome like offensive show. You that, can, that's what's so funny. Cam got so frustrated the other day and walked off because right. the question was, where is the big playing scoring? Bill Belichick got so upset at his press conference because somebody asked him, hey, are you okay winning in the teens? We, we question the Bears and their ability as a good football team because they want to win 17-3 to with right. two defensive touchdowns, right. but we're okay with the Texans losing 41-38 to because they scored 38 points. It's a, it's very much, Who yes. gives a fuck how much you win by? You're right. No. I know. It's it's a it's a lost art in the NFL. Win that game. If anything, it might be an advantage because teams aren't used to playing like that. I, I would agree. There's very Jaguars, few teams. Jaguars and the Bears there right you now go. want to bring you into a phone booth and beat your ass. So do the Steelers. That's where Steelers, Jaguars, and Bears. Steelers know who they are. You're yes. exactly right. The Jaguars, we didn't even really talk about that, the Marcel Darius trade. We talked about it last uh, week. Oh, you're right. But I mean they're gonna be fucking unbelievable. <laughs> if the Jaguars get into the playoffs. Watch out. The Jaguars are built to the playoffs. They will fuck people up on a one-week basis, and they could be the 2,000 Ravens. It's true. Playoff football and playoff basketball are very similar. I would similar. be scared of it's that group motivated offense. to keep going forward, having one week to go, we got to stop. I don't care. Watch out if they make the playoffs. They will be. They could win the fucking, Super Bowl 13-10. to 10. If Blake Bortles wins the Super Bowl, this is the official the year of the podcast. We lose Odell. We lose Aaron Rodgers. Right. Like, all of our predictions sucked, and then Blake Bortles is fucking the new Trent Dilfer. <laughs> fucking stab me in the eye. We're yeah. getting close along. I mean, this is 2015 okay, okay, okay. Denver Broncos. I know. I already missed the train I was trying to go on. Here's, here's since day one. Which teams should be looking for new head coaches, and who are some names that are some sleepers? Mm. And is Sean Payton going to be on the Saints next year? I think so, yes. Okay. Uh, yes. Which teams do you think are already looking at head coaches? A lot of the teams that we thought were going to suck, like as Hugh Jackson, yeah, Todd Bowles should be the coach there next year. Yeah, I, don't think, I think so. I mean, job. Cleveland's done, for sure. Okay. Uh, who else are we missing? Um Cleveland's done. I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be done when all said and done. Okay. I think that the Colts will have to change Chuck Pagano, not necessarily because of Chuck Pagano, but they're just going to need to give their fan base and something a new look to believe in. John Fox is winning right now. John Fox is winning, but I think that's still questionable. But just because Titans? of his age and where he is, I think that will be de- 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 dependent on how they finish. What about the Cowboys? <sighs> Border- borderline. Borderline, mm. definitely. It's going to be about how they finish. The Giants, if they end up two and uh. fourteen, you, I can promise you, they're going to change. There's no way with that team they should go two and fourteen. If they go like five and eleven, it might salvage all their jobs. But like if it's two and fourteen, three and thirteen, I think they can be in trouble. Marvin, jo- Marvin, yes, yeah. yeah, I think it's over. Yeah, but I, who knows? No, but I just think it's over. Who are some coaching candidates that we should start thinking about? Gosh, damn you. I know you like Dow Logans. I do. I love Dow Logans. I think he's one of the best offensive minds in the game. Mike Vrabel. Um, yeah, Vrabel's going to be in that conversation. Our Ter- Terrell Austin. Yes, for the okay, Lions. For the Lions. He's got to be in that conversation. Um, Give me one more. Jim Schwartz. Yes. Fuck. 
I don't yeah. want to lose him. Uh, Sims, Grot2342, you guys are ballers. Uh, I tell people, stop listening to the pretenders who do nothing. Sims question, as a quarterback, did you ever study opposing defenses ends of how they attack quarterbacks? So not how quarterbacks attack defenses, but how defense attacked quarterbacks. Sure. I mean, that would be... That would be like meeting number one of the week with John Gruden. Okay, this is what they want to do with you. Okay, they they want to attack you this third first down. I mean, we're gonna get the we're gonna get the explanation of what they want to attack us with on first and second down on so you Wednesday. Would, you would learn what they stood for to then attack it. This is what they were. This is what they're gonna do to you. And based down situations, they want to do this. They want to blitz this guy right here, and you get a feel for that right off the bat. So you would blend what your team stood for, right. and how you could take advantage of what they were trying to do what to was in our umbrella of plays that we could do or we were good at those plays that fit into what could expose that the other defense was doing and then it would go to Thursday and would go to third down yeah. hey Sims third down they want to do this 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 they're gonna play these three coverages if we get in this formation it goes to these two coverages and when they blitz it's these three blitzes so we're gonna have a blitz package for all that and then Friday was the red zone added on to that brought two three four two also says, shout out please to my London Ravens buddies all over the UK living here in Seattle I totally agree with you Sims on the Hawks these other idiots no zero on how to evaluate. Uh, two last ones, yeah. and I'm done. But this one is one that, if you didn't listen to the podcast, we almost called this podcast Two Guys, One Spleen. Right. That's almost what we called it. Right. David Established 93. I love this podcast, but love your guys' takes. I'm a diehard Bucks fan, so I'm a little biased when it comes to Sims' question. Can you give a little insight to what it was like when your, your spleen exploded on the field? Peace out, homies. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, what was the feeling like? Not the whole story, but what did it feel like? It felt like I had um, like four Lefkos sitting on my chest. I couldn't figure it out. I thought I, I thought I had a broken rib and it was touching my lung. That's what so I felt like. So when it happened, it obviously fucking hurt. Oh, it was like the wind knocked out of me times 20. I couldn't, it was like my whole torso went into spasm, right? So I got the wind knocked out of me, but forget that. I mean, I got to the point where then it was time to call the next play in the huddle and I couldn't talk. I couldn't say the play because I was like, I was literally almost like cramping in my midsection. Your body was going through shock. It was going through shock, right. And then I had a drop back. We had a third down and I had Joey Galloway wide open on a 20 yard out. And it's like I couldn't, my body was still in shock, and I like skipped it to him. He was wide open, and I threw it like 12 yards, and he was to 20. And it like skipped on the ground and hit his feet. And I, because I, I felt like I couldn't even like tilt my shoulders up to throw it 20 yards. So then I got to the sideline, I calmed down a little. I was really uncomfortable. I was just like, man, what is wrong with me? And I all the still. while, like, Copious amounts of blood is just rushing out rushing. of your spleen. And, and what happens is a hematoma forms, right, to stop that. A but the problem clot. is I got fucking hit a lot. And what happened is it just that must have broke. That's at least how they explained it to me. How they, much longer did you play? I The whole game. But Time I went, out. I thought that you blacked out. and that I blacked someone... out and went in and got an IV, missed a drive, and came back out and drove us down the field And what I thought was the game-winning touched drive. And they hit a 59-yard field goal to beat us. And Tory Cox, you missed. did all of this with the busted spleen. Yeah, so I came. I thought you came out the next fucking drive. No, I stayed in. I really played well. And then in the third quarter, um, I got up to the line. I was going to on a hard two. I was going to snap the ball on a hard two. And as I had a guy going in motion, I was going blue eighty five, blue. And I was like, holy shit, am I? I'm blacking out right here at the line of scrimmage. Julius Peppers is about to fucking murder me, and I can't see. And I literally, the curtains were going down in front of my eyes as I was saying the snap count, and our left guard jumped offside. 
thank God, because he jumped offside. I was literally like, Damn, Who was I'm, it? I'm going to have to hand this ball off and just guess where Cadillac is. Dan Benning. Good job by thank him. Thank you, Dan. Yep. I took a knee. They came out and got me, and I was just like, like I, I told them I blacked out, I guess. I don't know what I said. I walked in. I got an IV. I was like, okay, I feel a little bit better. We were 0-3. I wasn't coming out. I mean, unless right. my leg was disconnected from my body, I was not coming out. And I came out, thought I drove us down the field, like I said, and we lost a heartbreaker. You and drove down. Did you throw a touchdown? I didn't throw a touchdown. I think we got to the one, and we didn't score a touchdown, which would have been big. We ended up having to kick a Who field kicked the field goal for Carolina? What, was Grant? I don't want to say Grant. No, Gano, I think it was uh, Case. I can't think, Case, yes, that's who it is. Yes, Fucking I can picture him. He was probably on the team with Wesley Wallace. I got to bring that picture in that one day after the game where Jake Dolan ran over to see me as I was walking in the locker room because his face is like this because he's about to say, dude, you don't look right. That's what he said to me. He goes, you okay? You don't look right. And I said, oh, I don't feel good. I'm a little disappointed so, you didn't punch it in from the one. <laughs> Seriously. What are you That's thinking? fucking wild. Dude. Yeah, it's wild. Well, we're happy you're here today. Hey, thank you. We're going to end with one about Bortles. Bortles. Roby Wan Kenobi. Wish I discovered it earlier about the podcast. Yeah. Started listening last year. First thought was, why didn't I listen sooner? Sims and L-E-F-K-O-E. Man, always keep it real. Had a story I figured you guys would enjoy as a leader of the fake quarterback revolution. I went to UCF during Blake Bortles' run at the school. I ended up playing him in intramural softball. Dude walks up to the plate talking on the phone. Doesn't take a practice swing. Puts the phone in his pocket as the pitcher is getting ready to throw and crushes a bomb Lefty, I might add. Thank you. And pulls his phone back out and finishes his conversation while trotting around the bases. He might not be a real NFL quarterback, but dude was a baller in Orlando. I believe that. Keep up the good stuff. Love the takes. You guys should put an amendment in the Constitution about five-star reviews getting talked about on the podcast. It's been a big part the whole way. Blake Bortles. He's a great athlete. He's just not a quarterback. Now he's playing better this year. He really is. He's playing better. He literally said he played the best game of his career last week. Against the Colts. Blake Bortles, you know what? That's my new prediction. It's my mush prediction. Blake Bortles is about to win the Super Bowl. Fuck. Unreal. Unreal. Long podcast, but a good one as always. Uh, We are doing our pick show tomorrow. A couple guests, too. We are. Who are they? Stefan Diggs and Joey Bosa. Assuming no one cancels. Got to get Diggs' pick for Rutgers, Maryland. I know he's probably locked in on it. Got to get his pick. Diggs and Bosa on the next episode of the podcast. And Lefko made a huge, huge run in terms of money last week. I am. Big time. Four Sims. Peace out, homies. Four Fendrick. Good night, everybody. I'm the L-E-F-K-O-E. Man. And we will holler at y'all later. See ya. Peace.